Episode 40 of Hashtag Anime Talk. I am your host, Mr. Lindenburton, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Crystal Yo, Crystal, man, we are on episode 40? Shit's Liddy, what is up, my guy? Man, we turn it up, man. We getting into them, them, we about to break 100 before you know it. Yeah, it's coming up soon enough, sure enough. Look, ladies and gents, we got, it's another slow news week, but kind of interesting topics, and we got some discussion points that we're very excited to discuss, but as the year wraps up, I guarantee more news is coming, and you'll know that due to our first topic, but we got some good questions, and shows are ramping up, we're gonna review My Hero as well as uh, Fire Force, and then Chris is caught up on Radiant, so we're gonna get his thoughts on that, but yeah, interesting episode for uh, Anime Talk, episode 40. For sure, for sure. Oh, and we got to get his thoughts. Oh, before we even get started, yo, I wanted to ask you this. What do you think of the new Pokemon game? Well, I am legit playing that bitch right now. That is, like, one of the the best games uh, I've played this year. Uh, definitely one of the best Pokemon games in the series, if not the number one best. Uh, I can't give it the number one best yet because, you know, uh, I got my favorites, you know what I'm saying? I got my, my ones that I, I like a little bit more, but... Matter of fact, I'll fuck around and say this is the best because they, they do more than any other Pokemon game has. But me personally, I just expected a little bit more in certain areas. And I'm not one of them them decks like national decks, bring the national decks back niggas that's like still mad that there's not 80, 802 fucking Pokemon in there. But um, I, I got my own theories about why a lot of things are missing from the game that I expected to be in the game. But other than those little quips, I'm uh super satisfied. I haven't beat it just yet. I'm on like the seventh gym i want to say so i'm like getting close but it definitely left a good impression on me what are some of those personal quips you have like what are some of your per- like okay so we overall you love this game but if you had to say the negatives what are some of those things that you see that maybe not ne- negatives but just some of the things the games are missing all right so the number one thing you know what i'm saying the pokemon uh the amount of pokemon in there right that's not my biggest quip but that's the number one fan problem with it is the fact that there's no national decks you can't access all 802 Pokemon in the game. That's not one of my quips just because they give us 400. I still haven't caught all 400, and they put a solid 400 in there. Like, I'm not seeing any mid-Pokemon in this game. There's a lot of Pokemon that I, I genuinely dislike and hate. I'm not seeing too many of those, but that is one of the main things I've seen people talk about as far as what they expected and the main thing they're mad that they didn't see in it. But initially with me, the main thing that I saw that I was upset about not, you know, returning or uh, making an appearance was the two things that Pokemon fans have been begging for for years on years on years. The first thing being Pokemon following you, right? Because since, you know, Pokemon Yellow, uh, Pikachu followed you, everybody wanted that. They brought it back in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Never again did you see Pokemon following you. You feel me? You're, you're the Pokemon at the top of your uh, party. You feel me? And that's something that people have been begging for. Last generation with Gen 7, um, they kind of fixed it. I can't speak on Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee because they did the same thing in, in that one to a bigger extent. But you could ride Pokemon as well. Like uh, in Gen 7, you could ride specific Pokemon. Like instead of using uh, HMs like Surf and Fly, you could like fly on a Charizard. I don't think it was a Charizard. It was an, uh, you could fly on something. And you could like ride on uh, specific Pokemon like 
I can't think of the exact ones. Like I know Rhyhorn was one of them. Um, Mudsdale, the new horse Pokemon, was one of them. And I'm not gonna lie. Whenever Gen Seven, the data miners got to it, they found out that there were animations for Pokemon following you around, all that shit, and they just didn't include it in this game. And I feel like the Switch had capabilities to where they could hold that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's my my main my number one uh, complaint. Uh, I had some other ones too. I'm trying to think about. Cause I know they had a couple things that kind of bothered me a little bit. Oh, and it's still the only thing we have is the uh, what's it called? The Dynamax and Gigantamax. Playing the game, the only way you could get Gigantamax forms is by doing these raids, and a lot of the raids require you to. You know what I'm saying you gotta you gotta get online with other players and shit. So it's like you can't just play it at your house and catch the Gigantamax. And I'm fighting gym leaders, and these niggas are Gigantamax, and I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? Why are they Gigantamax and I can't yet? Then I had to look it up, and it's like, oh, you got to do specific shit. And uh, they don't have the Mega Evolutions back. They don't have, like, a lot of key things that I was uh, hoping that... Whatever you say, you're giving a Pokemon title to a console, you know what I'm saying? Like a big con... And I know Switch is still technically it's handhold, uh, handheld and a console, but this is a big, you know, a big file size. So you can fit a lot of shit on here. So to say that they're missing so much shit to me, I feel like they could do a, a, a little bit better. But you I think you like get DLCs and whatnot? I'm hoping. I'm, I can only hope. But what I'm thinking they're going to do is, uh, you know, there's always an emerald for every ruby and sapphire. There's always a black and white two for black and white or ultra sun and moon for sun and moon. So I'm thinking they're going to drop Pokemon. I don't know what it's going to be called. I know they're not going to do Pokemon gun like the meme or uh, Pokemon fucking crossbow or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But I know they're going to do a sequel game. And I feel like with the sequel game, they're going to add the uh, Pokemon following you, the riding Pokemon, the full 802 Pokedex. Um, just a, a lot of a lot of things in here that that are missing. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel like about the Gigantamax? I I feel better about the Gigantamax than the uh, the Dynamax. I feel like the Dynamax. Uh, when I'm playing it, whenever I Dynamax my Pokemon, because that's real easy. All that does is make your Pokemon bigger, right? But mm-hmm. Gigant uh, Gigantamax is it makes your Pokemon bigger and it gives it a new form, uh, different powers and shit like that. I really can't speak too much about the Gigantamax. I haven't done it yet. I've only seen it in game. Like I've only seen other people do it to me, and I whoop their ass fairly easily. But uh, I love the forms, like the new forms. But as far as the, the Gigantamax, any Pokemon could do it, right? And when I play it, I'm seeing that when they turn into the uh, Dynamax form, each Pokemon has his own individual way he comes out the Pokeball and is like, oh, I'm big now. And I feel like a lot of data that could have been used elsewhere for things that are missing were used to make individual uh the like Pokemon individual movements been... for every yeah yeah exactly and it's like i could have did without that because it's like i don't give a fuck about these huge ass pokemon the they just gigantamax is dope like, what, is, the gigant- is, uh, dynamax yeah the dynamax is it just like them as bigger themselves but bigger yeah just themselves as bigger and uh they get a bigger a stronger move but other than that it's the same exact fucking pokemon that's why i like the gigantamax because it's bigger but it's a different form, and it's only select ones. It's kind of reminds me of Mega Evolution, but for me, it's like, why not just fucking throw Mega Evolution in there and call these Gigantamax forms Mega Evolutions, because most of the Pokemon that got Gigantamax forms didn't have Mega Evolutions, aside from Charizard, and uh, I want to say, like, Gengar. Okay. But um, a lot of these other... I could have did without the giant Pokemon, because it's a cool little addition, but it's like nothing that I... I I've never used Dynamax other than when uh, in the gym... Or in the raid battles, and even then, I just do it because I had to. I'm, I'm if Dynamax was given to you an option to where you could do it throughout the whole game, I probably would never use that shit. I'd probably only use Gigantamax. 
I gotta applaud them for trying something different, but not at the expense of other things. Like when you say this is our first game on a console, y'all better deliver. And they delivered for the most part. I do gotta say the uh region itself and the just the environment and um you know the visuals, the graphics are booted up. Uh it's a beautiful game as far as that. Like you get to see Pokemon in the overworld just like in um Pokemon Let's Go. It's not like you get to just walk in the grass and but they okay. also do give you certain random encounters. There are some Pokemon that only pop up in the overworld and some that only pop up in the random encounters where you can't see who they are before you battle them. And I think that's pretty cool. I feel like uh, I love the game. I do have my little quips, but the fact that they added so much new things in there, it kind of makes up for the, the, the few quips that I have. They're still going to be there. I can't not address them, but they did do a, a very, very good job at everything else. Like the Rivals... You got kind of two rivals in this game. One that's like your regular rival. He's like your friend and like every rival in every game. And he's kind of weak. He's kind of a weak-ass bitch. But you see him go, like he has a good storyline. He has a good personality. So it's like you, I like him more than the last gen's rival. And then they have this actual, they, they, I feel like they heard the complaints of people talking about, oh, but fucking, um, no, we're not going to have an asshole rival anymore. Like gen one and two, like the rival that just talks shit. And you know what I'm saying? It makes you just want to beat him up because the, the the rival that we got right now, you don't you don't he's not an aggravating. You know what I'm saying? He's he's, he's a nice he's guy, a kid. You know what I'm saying? But there is one guy who's not necessarily your rival, but he pops up and he has these rival fights with you every once in a while, and he's a douchebag. So I kind of like that too because every time he pulls up, I whoop his ass mercilessly, and then I talk shit. I'm like, yeah, nigga, that's what 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 did you fucking think was gonna happen to you? You're talking all that shit like I'm a bitch. You gonna see? So I, I like the fact that they brought that feeling back and they they're trying to make this game more of a challenge because a lot of people also were complaining about the last few Pokemon games weren't that hard. And yeah. this one, not saying it's super fucking hard, but it's definitely more challenging. And certain things are more challenging than the past, like, I want to say three or four gens. So I got to applaud them for trying and actually hearing the uh, their fan base's voices on a lot of different things. There's just a couple things that I feel like they did hear, but they just refused to give it to us because they got to have something for that that sequel game, which I know is coming. Okay, so but for the most part, you would say this was a success. I'll give it a good eight out of ten. Okay, that's what's up. All right, for sure. Well, I'm that's Chris. A lot more than I thought I would to tell you that. I, I was talking so. I was one of those people that was talking so much shit on the timeline, and everybody was like, "Oh, you just one of them people who want the national decks back." I'm like, "Nah, bro. I'm seeing a lot of fucking complaints, but that's because they just didn't really. They didn't tell us a lot in the trailers, uh, because they wanted us to be surprised and uh, me." ducking the spoilers i got the game like a week late so i I was ducking spoilers left and right so a lot of things did surprise me and it was uh pleasant surprises so i I gotta give them that that's what's up oh and speaking of you complaining on twitter my guy is probably back on twitter by the time you guys are hearing this yo they kicked your ass off (laughs) i'm scared to even say certain shit out loud because i'm scared of getting banned anywhere else but literally i just called somebody a bitch ass nigga on twitter and it wasn't even that serious it was like some shit involving like colin kaepernick the little sports center dudes was talking about how he was unlikable. They were like, "Yeah, man, Colin Cap, he just he just unlikable." And I was like, "Damn, that's a bitch ass nigga." He called he called him unlikable and shit. And literally, that's the the they showed me the tweet that got me banned, and it was the tweet was literally just, "Damn, what a bitch ass nigga." And I was like, "Why?" I was like, "I said worse." I'm like, "I said worse today." And the thing they caught me like a week late, so it was like, "Uh, I'm like, y'all banned me for something I said a week ago when I was literally tweeting recklessly today." <laughs> I'm like y'all tripping. I'm like whoever the fuck, uh, whoever what was the word reported me. Oh, I, I was like, I think I know why. It's because that host 
because I don't want to. I'm not gonna get too much into it, but just know that host was been getting shit like all week, and he got tired of it at the end of that week. You caught, <laughs> you caught that tired of it part. <laughs> he probably, he probably uh, reported me himself. He's probably like, I'm a bitch ass nigga. He was probably reporting everybody who was talking shit on his timeline. <laughs> I know, I know, my timeline's been wondering where I'm at, and the thing is, I got new anime related music dropping soon, and all kind of anime related news and memes have been dropping, and people have been tagging me and stuff, and I've just been. Like the the Squidward fucking watching SpongeBob and Patrick out the window meme. I've just been like watching everybody. I'm like, God damn it, bro! If only Twitter wasn't so sensitive, I could actually get get it off. You know what I'm saying and, and involve get involved in the conversations. But That's I'm back hilarious. tomorrow. Yeah. Tweet it so we go. Y'all gonna see I'm back in action. One hundred percent. But let's get to the first topic. <laughs> I just had to bring that up. Let's get to the first topic this week. So, JJK, a.k.a. Jujutsu Kaisen, is finally getting an anime this year. Oh, not this year. It's finally getting an anime. On the 52nd issue of Shueisha's Weekly Jump magazine, it was revealed that uh, Jujutsu Kaisen manga will have a television anime adaptation. Finally, more info will be released on December 22nd at Jump Festa. So, Chris, I want to give that this year. Yeah, I know. I want to break this down into two parts and and before we open up the conversation. The first part I want to ask, and just answer the first part, we'll talk about it. How do you feel about JJK finally getting an anime adaptation? And I'll go after you because I've I've read the manga and I I can speak a little bit to the story. Well, I I haven't read the manga. I maybe have read the first chapter and I don't remember much about it because I probably didn't even finish the chapter. I probably just skimmed through it to see what was up. But, um... It's definitely one of those uh, manga that was that's been intriguing me, right? Like you know how uh, you told me about Demon Slayer and how you were you were peeping Demon Slayer before I even knew that shit existed. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know that was a new Shonen Jump property, right? Yeah. So um, Jujutsu Kaisen, I saw that shit from the very beginning because the designs were badass. I think I saw the cover. I think it was the second cover. I want to say where the dude, uh, you know, it's in color and the dude has his, his second pair of eyes or whatever under his eyes or whatever. Um, like I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I remember I saw that and I was like, "Oh, this shit looks hard. What is this?" And I was like, oh, yeah, "You talking about Yuji?" Yeah, Yuji. Yeah, you talking about uh, Ikidori? Okay, cool, cool, cool. And she, the designs kind of remind me of uh, very like Bleach esque, but a little bit more badass than Bleach in my opinion. Uh, just the whole aesthetic of it is it, it's got me sold. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole every panel I've seen that because you know whenever every time a new chapter drops, people on Twitter are like, "Oh my God, look what happened." And I open it thinking it's something I know. I'm like, oh, it's Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't know what's going on, but it looks dope. And yeah. every time I see it, it's fucking dope. Like, it looks iconic every single time. Look, let me say this. JJK, I'm not that deep into it, so I don't want people to say, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, like, I'm not deep into it at all. But <laughs> I'm deep enough to know what the hell is going on. Like, I know about Goju-sama. Like, just to, just to put it in perspective... It's Goju Sama's team versus the principal's team. Just to and and like that's that's not even a spoiler. That's just to say where I'm at. So in like a little tournament type type situation. And yo, this is very interesting. This the manga puts a time limit on it. I mean, well, the story itself puts like a time limit that it has to fulfill. It gives you an ending, but we don't know how it's gonna get to that ending and and if. Itadori is going to succeed his dream, but it's very interesting because we know how it has to end from from chapter one, and it's like it's really good. It, it was interesting because when I first saw it, it was around the time I was researching for Demon Slayer and I was reading Hell Warden, 
And I thought Hell Warden would have been the one that took off. So I was like, I'm not going to stick with JJK. But turns out JJK was the one that stuck around. And it, and it turned out to be really, really good. The characters are all intriguing. The, like, the stronger ones are very, very intriguing. Like, uh, there's a Kakashi S uh, character in there. Really, really dope. And like you said, it kind of has a bleach aesthetic. But to me, it's very original for itself. And I like the art style of it. I think JJK is going to be successful, man. Oh, I know like, it will. Just from off of the strength of how people are talking about it. It's talked about like the next Demon Slayer, but it was around whenever Demon Slayer was around. But the the anime is just a little bit late. Like whenever I, I heard about this before I heard about Demon Slayer. So whenever I was seeing, you know, the Demon Slayer, the Fire Force, the Doctor Stones getting announced, I was like, Jujutsu Kaisen, where's it, where's it at? Like because I wanted to start the manga, but I'm like, let me just wait for the anime because the anime should be right around the corner and just not getting that announcement. I'm sitting there like, is it gonna fucking come? Because it seems like a goat in its own right. You know what I'm saying? Like a new generation goat. And I got a I got a theory on why it waited. We know that Promise Neverland has a cap and an ending. We oh, know, and Promise Neverland. I forgot to say that one. We we know Demon Slayer has a cap and an ending. We're not gonna talk about what's popping off in the new one, but it's got a cap and an ending. Girl, shit's going maybe, down right now. Maybe wait waiting to do Jujutsu Kaisen, maybe when Jujutsu Kaisen hits its stride. Demon Slayer will be close to an end. Bro, Promise Neverland will be close to an fucking, end. We might have to do a whole separate episode, like a point five, like where we just discuss what's going on in Demon Slayer manga, because it's too good not to talk about right now, especially at this point. Shit yeah, is it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Like, it is insane, but I think that that's a, a, a pretty good business model to kind of not shoot all your bullets right when you got yeah. it. That's what I'm saying. They know better than to give us uh, Judicial Kaisen the same year they gave us Demon Slayer and Promise Neverland and Doctor Stone. Like Shonen Jump's hitting hard right now. They could, they they don't gotta hit. They they gotta save some haymakers for later. Yeah, they gotta they gotta have a good 2022. Yeah, and we we don't like all the the shit that's going on right now. I can't speak on Doctor Stone, but uh, Promise Neverland and Demon Slayer, like you were saying, isn't gonna be long running. Uh, It's not gonna be like a. Naruto, Dragon Ball, One Piece, fucking 400 episode show. It's probably going to wrap up around 100 episodes, 150 episodes. You know what I'm saying? And I, I can't speak on Jujutsu Kaisen either, but uh, they definitely got some heat in the fucking chamber, and I, I feel like they're playing it smart with that. Now, my second part of this that I wanted to ask you, being that Jump Fest is coming up, what are some announcements for Jump Festa that you'd like to see? Ooh, um... I'd like to see what's going on with Samurai 8 as far as if they're going to get an anime adaptation. Um, I'd also like to see what's up with more games. Uh, I, ever since Demon Slayer first dropped, I've been itching for a Demon Slayer game. I don't know where they could go with it. I, I, I imagine they, it wouldn't be like a fighting game. It would probably just be like a, a linear, you play as Tanjiro and go through the game, uh, go through the story mode kind of game. But I want some Demon Slayer game content in my life. Like Even if it's just a bonus DLC and Jump Force or even a Jump Force 2 with a bigger fucking roster. Uh, mm, but I'm, I'm with you on... Announcements for sure. I'm, I'm with you on a Jump Force 2, maybe like a upgraded, a big DLC pack, something, because Madara and uh, uh, Hitsugaya just got announced, and I saw some some leaked footage for Law, so they're still going to be throwing out characters. Maybe we can get like an updated big patch where we get some new Tanjiro, we get some new... uh. Maybe uh, I'm trying to think of some other people. Maybe a Nosuke type perp character. Maybe a Muzan. That type. That type of deal. Add some of that type of stuff to Jump Force, or get a Jump Force Two announcement. I'm kind of hoping for a Chainsaw Man anime announcement. 
and as well as so, and as well as some news on Dragon Ball Super. Ah, see, those are two things that I agree with you on, but I wasn't even thinking about either one of those. But definitely, what the fuck is going on with Dragon Ball Super? Because geekdom don't lie, nigga. If you know geekdom, if you know uh, Danny from fucking YouTube, bro, he don't lie. He is the most reliable Dragon Ball source I have ever, you know, witnessed on YouTube, especially. And he he said Dragon Ball Super was coming back in July, and then he backtracked and was like, "Look, bro, I'm not lying to y'all. Dragon Ball Super is actually coming back." Uh, it's just that they pulled back Toei pulled back out of it to give more attention to Stampede, which rightfully so, thank goodness, because Stampede got a hell of a shine. This year was damn near, it was One Piece year, it still is. Yeah. Uh, so Jesus. I understand why they pulled back on the Dragon Ball. We could, we got too much Dragon Ball with Tournament of Power and Broly, so it's like, they could have, we could have, we could have went for a break. We still got the moral arc in the, in the manga, but, I mean, we hungry for it again. Like, what are we gonna get? Like, we, we want it. I want it <laughs> if it, if they got a plan. Like, don't just give it just to give it, but, like, I would like an update. I'm with you on that. Like, but just see, let's know what's up. That long-ass break for the plan. Hopefully they stopped with the, uh, you know, the the news and the Dragon Ball hype train just so they could sit down and get their shit together and kind of realize what they were going to do before they do it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Chain- another, like, imagine we get another fucking Dragon Ball Super, and not to cut you off, but imagine if we get another dragon ball super anime and it starts and we get another dragon ball super episode five like right in the beginning of the moral arc something we didn't see in a movie you know what i'm saying something that they just ruining new original content like it gotta they gotta have their shit together when they come back if they do so choose to come back soon no i agree with you on that 100 i think chainsaw man would be dope to see uh come to fruition and i agree with you what's up with samurai eight like are we getting the anime soon like i know we're still early in the in the in the manga but like Give us some clarification, as well as I'd like to see if Crunchyroll's there. I'd like to hear some from this Toonami HBO partnership with some of this original content that HBO is going to be putting out. Like I, I want to, I want to know maybe some streaming war stuff. Can what is Amazon going to pick up new to streaming? What's Netflix doing in 2020? Like I want to get an idea of the newcomers. I know we, I know we talked about one uh, last week with uh, Duro Head to Row, but like I want to know like. What's the bangers coming out next year? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm itching for new content because, like, uh, we know we're getting a Demon Slayer movie next year, but then they didn't speak on if the actual anime itself is going to return. Um, Promise Neverland, we know we're getting very early. I think January, so that's right around the fucking corner. Should probably but, get a trailer um, for that. So I know that we're getting that early in the year, but what are we going to do after that? Like, where are we going? What direction are we going in from there? Yeah, it like is my hero gonna be back next year or, or is it taking a break? Like, there's there's a lot of questions. You know they come back with the movie, so let's hope they're not taking a break as far as the actual show. Yeah, no big facts, but that's all I really wanted to pose. What are we excited for for Jump Festival? But be on the lookout, Jump Festival on December twenty second is coming Man, soon. I want to pull up to Jump Festival. Like, I want to take that trip out there. That seems like all the anime conventions you go to in America are dope, but imagine if you go to the anime convention in the heart of it and it's Shonen Jump, the act, not American Shonen Jump, like the actual Shonen Jump, like that has to be the biggest fucking event of all time out there, like I can only I gotta learn how- Japanese before I go, cause I don't wanna have a translator telling me what's up, I gotta learn it bro, like we, got, we gotta make a mission by like 2021 to be fluent hey, I'm with it, at least fluent enough to, to speak with people yeah, and like and like be able to read it and understand. But now I'm with you. Jump Jump Festival would be a, a vibe. I'm ready to take that trip, bro. Like I'm ready to take that trip. Like imagine the merch. Imagine the merch you could get from out there. The official like Jump Festival sounds like goddamn. You know what I'm saying? Like 
uh, I'm trying to think of like a like Coachella for anime. Yeah. <laughs> in the heart of where they make it. Uh, it's Comic Con for anime, man. Like I told you all there, it's like I'm staying uh, like for Comic Con, I stay on my phone waiting for updates, like trying to see if scoops are confirmed. Like I'm 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 constantly updating and ever since we started doing this podcast I'm doing the same for Jump Fest it's like but it's worse because it's at like 3 2 a.m. 4 a.m. so I'm like waiting in bed like laying down refreshing Twitter trying to see if this Jump Force trailer is going to get dropped like you know what I mean like shit's fucking crazy sure. and Jump Fest is always that thing that I don't ever get hyped for it because I'm never checking for it I never know when it's coming around but whatever it hits I'm aware of it because like the news that they drop and the shit that's going down in the community and just the the different logos and there's a different like uh promotions they have for jump fest I'm, i got like several of them on my phone like as we speak just because i'm one of them hoarders that just loves all the original art like i i, I got a bag right now that's from um what was the uh theme park jump uh jump world j world okay. so i love like just the little exclusive like whenever they throw you know they throw luffy goku um deku naruto all on the same picture all on the same bag all on the same shirt and it's not just something fan made. It's actually Shonen Jump being like, "Hey, this is our shit. We booting up." Yeah, that's some of the good stuff you can see from Jump Fest as well. But speaking of One Piece having a big year, not only did it pass, it uh, sold the most for 2019. Demon Slayer came in second, but we had the interview, the editor of One Piece, to going on in an interview, and basically what he said was, "One Piece is ending in five years," and on top of that. If you are a fan of the series, and let's say you're like Chris and you're not caught up, Oda specifically said that you could start at Wano Kuni, chapter, like whatever, chapter 91, 92, whenever Wano starts, and just read the story from there and pick up whenever you want to the other stuff, and you will be 100% in the know and knowledgeable of what's going on, which is absolutely nuts to me, but I can kind of see how that's the case. But, Chris, how do you feel about that kind of being, like, One Piece Wano being kind of a soft reboot? Because it's, Wano, everything after this is leading up to, like, the end of the story. So Oda's closing up everything. But basically, it's, One Piece wasn't supposed to last this long. And this is what his original ending type deal was. So we're try- we're finally seeing the the real Straw Hat journey about to take fold. So it's like, are you going to start? Are you going to, like, see, I don't know if I advise starting from, where he where it's at. I think Oda's just trying to say, oh, like, yo, nigga, nigga's spoiling shit. So you, you you guys better just be ready because, like, we booting up every week because this isn't a spoiler. But, yo, like, right now we're seeing young Whitebeard. Like, Whitebeard's in the story again. Oh, I'm hyped about that. Kyle fucks with Whitebeard. He's one of my favorite characters. So how do you feel about One Piece ending in five years? And, and do you support the idea of just reading from Wano and then, like, kept filling in the blanks later? Well, I'm, I'm going to kind of go backwards on this one. I'm going to start with the the One Piece starting from Wano. Me, personally, being where I'm at right now, everybody knows I'm stuck in the fucking Fishman Island arc hell. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm towards the end of it. I, I'm like, it's been so long since I watched it and read it. I've been trying to catch up on everything else. But the point is, I can't see One Piece being One Piece without pre-time skip. You know what I'm saying? Because they introduce you to all the characters. Uh, you catch such a feeling for the characters. Like, to say... uh to someone who hasn't started One Piece yet, to start at Wano is telling That's them crazy. to miss out on the whole Impel Down, miss out on the whole uh, Skypea, miss out on the whole fucking Crocodile arc, which, you know what I'm saying, aren't the best arcs, but you get so, such emotional moments with these characters. Uh, Water 7, you know what I'm saying? There's so many arcs that are unskippable in my eyes, you know what I'm saying? Let, like me, let, let me defend it real skippable. quick. 
Because I could because I can defend it, but I do agree with you. But some would say the criticism of those arcs is it's slow. And the and I understand what Oda was doing. He's building character and he's making you love these people. But mm-hmm. if you're short-term memory, new age kids, it's like if you read from Wano up, because the way it, it mirrors is it's it kind of mirrors how One Piece starts in a sense. Like, because you got to remember Luffy and Zoro have been separated. So the first thing you see when you touch down in Wano is the reconnection of Luffy and Zoro. So if you've never known this, you could be like, oh, these two dudes are coming together. And then it's like they go on this mission and you understand at this point, at least you'll know Whitebeard. You'll see him young. You'll understand stuff about the, the end goal. You understand stuff about Roger. Like there's so much stuff you'll understand. So when you do go back, it's like, what? This is where like that. This but is my it's, big thing with that. What you about to say? I was just saying that's an interesting way to do it. I don't know if that's the right way. But it does make sense. It, it'll it, it's a different watching exp- or reading or watching experience. But see, I understand what he was saying. That like I understand why he said that. Like um, to I feel like reason number one he said that is because uh one of the main because One Piece has a big following, but there is also a, a large part of the anime fandom that's like I'm not starting that shit. It's too much to watch. I feel like I'm too late. I don't want to have to spend ten years playing catch up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like he's just saying, look, look. You don't gotta play catch up. We'll catch you up. Start from here. You'll get it. I feel like he's just trying to be like, look, nigga, y'all don't gotta go back and watch all that other shit. You feel me? And I know that once they do start from Wano, and if they do get to the end from Wano, they undoubtedly will start from the beginning because One Piece is such a good show that it's gonna hook them wherever you start at. Like me personally, right? I started One Piece because of a suggestion from my boy Dio. Shout out to him. Uh, not from the JoJo's, but uh, the reason why. I really started it because I, I've been suggested to watch a million shows that I don't watch. But the reason why I really started it after his suggestion was on Toonami one night randomly. I cut on Toonami in the middle of, before One Piece was taken off, it was the, uh, you know, taken off of one uh, Toonami is what I'm saying. There was the episode of Water 7 with Luffy versus Usopp. And as a kid, I stopped at the uh, Arlong arc. You know what I'm saying? Like, before the Arlong arc even finished, I was, like, off of One Piece reading the manga. I never really watched the anime, but I was a manga reader. So, seeing, already knowing who Usopp is, knowing who Luffy is, seeing the anime where they got into that fight and seeing how emotional that was, not really understanding the backstory behind it, I was like, oh, this looks good. This looks really, really good. And just seeing that one little, not even arc, just that one episode, I went back and started uh, One Piece. So, if somebody could watch from Wano and find something compelling enough to start from the beginning, like, I'm pretty sure that's Oda's end goal, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter if you get a little bit spoiled. Spoiler alert, Ace dies. I knew that before I even started One Piece, you know what I'm saying? Same. And I played the video. Like, if you play video games, you will know that instantly. But see, did it affect your enjoyment of that arc itself? Oh, no, not at all. Like, see, One like, Piece is very interesting to where, like, now that I'm caught up, I don't want to know spoilers, but when I did, when I wasn't caught up and I knew it, for example... I knew Gear Four was coming in Dressrosa, like, like you. I knew that before I started the series. Like, you just that's that's just something you have to know because Twitter's Twitter exists, social media exists, spoilers exist. But it didn't deter the fact of me getting to Dressrosa or me getting to Marine Ford or like you know what I mean. Like, I still didn't. There was still so much that I didn't know the intricacies and the webs that interweave between each character and the the ties that tie this world together. You may know like specific events but 
just because you know those events doesn't mean you know how we got to those events, how those events took place, and what happens after those events. Like, and it doesn't affect your viewership because once you start to see the connections to get to those specific events, i.e. an ace dying, and seeing everything that's tied into it and where we go from there, it's like, holy shit. Yep. And it's not like to the point where it's like a Naruto kind of thing to where if you would just start with the pain arc and you would get to the end of the pain arc, it wouldn't be as impactful as if you started from the front. One Piece, you can kind of pick up wherever you pick up, and you're probably going to, especially if you pick up pre-time skip, anywhere before pre-time skip, you pick up from over there, you could kind of still enjoy the series from there and still kind of get it, what's going on, and everything you got spoiled for you will still be just as impactful as it would have been if you didn't know what happened. Because you can't spoil every single detail about Ace's death. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ace's death was impactful, and like other things, like how you said, the Gear 4, you knew Gear 4 was coming, but that didn't change the impact of it. But what I think Oda, the, the main point, or the main thing I think Oda's trying to do with this, because One Piece doesn't have its Shippuden or its uh, break-aparts, but I always, I, whenever you said that originally, whenever uh, I, I heard Oda say, saying this, I automatically thought, you know how many niggas have never watched Dragon Ball, but love Dragon Ball Z? You know how much essential shit happened in Dragon Ball? Like, you start Dragon Ball Z with Piccolo. If you don't watch Dragon Ball, you don't know how impactful Piccolo was before he was a hero, before he was yes. on the Z Fighters. You don't understand why Goku's so cool with Bulma. You don't understand why Yamcha's a tag along in the group, in the crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't understand, you don't understand the connection to the androids. You don't even really understand Master Roshi because he taught Goku to Kamehameha in Dragon Ball. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. like, the thing about it is, I started with Dragon Ball Z just like a lot of other 90s kids, but. It was so fucking good and compelling that it made me go back and watch Dragon Ball, read Dragon Ball from the very tip top. So I could understand why Oda would be like, look, just hop on. nigga. If you're not on the One Piece wave and you are looking for something to get you on this One Piece wave, One Piece wave now start is the time. Slow, and like, you, you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to go back and restart from fucking Arlong and shit. And I, I can see why they're doing it. It's a, it's a very good, um, I don't want to say publicity move, but it's a very good PR move on their part. Whoever's making these announcements probably the smartest things they could do. I remember a few uh, years back, they had announced, hey, One Piece is nearing its halfway mark or something like that. And everybody's like, what the fuck does that even mean? One Piece has been around for so long. We still don't know when it's going to end. So now them giving us an actual deadline, like, hey, in about five years, we're going to be wrapping it up. It's something to look forward to. Now the people who are like, ah, man, I don't want to start One Piece. I don't even know if that shit's going to end in my lifetime. You know it's going to end in your lifetime if you're going to live for the next five to ten years. You know what I'm saying? And see, so that's kinda... my thing. I I'm glad you said five to ten years, not to cut you off, but I agree with that 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 specific statement because I'm not going to sit here and say, because of what I know right now, that this bitch is about to end in five years. We got a lot to get through. And Oda, the wrapping it up, you know? They're going to start getting there. I think five years is best case scenario. It's the same thing with the Demon Slayer announcement. When they were like Demon Slayer, like not really an announcement because they never really announced anything. But if you go on the Shonen Jump app, whenever they dropped the uh, chapter last week or the week before, it was like, uh, oh yeah, we're nearing the end of Demon Slayer. And I was like, what the fuck you mean? They, like, they got so much more shit to do. I'm not saying a lot, but I mean, how are they going to wrap it up right now? So I can only imagine they're giving that announcement a little early just to kind of give you some kind of foresight of a, a finish line. I definitely think it'll be over in 10 years, though. Like okay. ten years is I'm glad. I'm not saying I'm glad because One Piece is amazing, but I'm glad we're gonna have a One Piece is not gonna be one of those forever fucking series that just it loses its purpose at one point. If one if Luffy never becomes the Pirate King, what's the point? Yeah. If if Zoro never becomes the best swordsman in the game, what's the point? No, I'm with you in like 
they've introduced so much, and that's why I think five five years is like ambitious because Oda details so much. And I must say, we will, and that's why Wano's so integral because by the end of Wano, or at least by the end of the flashback we're on, we're gonna know everything. Well, maybe not everything, but we're gonna have an idea of what the One Piece is. Oh yeah, finally. Like- Oh my god, bro! I remember. Uh, I don't know if I want to say. It. Well, we kind of spoiled it last episode uh, for the, the the Stampede movie. But whenever they made that little, uh, the the the, you know the the prize for the the movie, and it had something integral integral to do with the Grand Line and One Piece, I would say they're like, "Oh, we're getting hints of where One Piece is or what the One Piece is." It's like, nope, you're not getting that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now we're just gonna give you the name, but like, wait, yeah, wait, wait a couple, wait a couple weeks. And in the manga, you're going to know everything you need to know. Because, like, bro, did, I don't want to, sp- like, I'm not going to spoil anything. But, like, we're seeing young Whitebeard. And if you understand what's going on in the story, right, right after we spend time with Whitebeard, we're going directly to Roger. And the time period that we go with Roger is on his final journey to Laugh Tale to get the One Piece. So, like, when Oda said we're about to understand... To be, we're about to start to finally get the idea of how this show's gonna end and how this show's going. He's not lying, bro. That got me so excited. Just just you saying, young white beard was enough for me to be like sold. Say no more. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yo, Mar- like Marco, you remember? Ass. You remember Marco the Apprentice? Mm. I, I mean, you remember Marco the Phoenix? Mm-mm. If I From, see him, I probably remember on Whitebeard's crew. He got oh the- yeah 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 with the blonde hair. Yeah, he's a phoenix. He got he has phoenix powers or whatever. That nigga is an apprentice at this point in time when we're seeing young Whitebeard. That's why I said Marco uh, the Apprentice. Like, shit is wild right now. Bro, I'm, I'm itching. Like, you're going to make me catch up with the strength of that. Like, bro, uh, look, like, I've been telling you for months, but now is the time. Like, my God. I had so much other shit to catch up on. I'm not saying that One Piece isn't important, but that's more of a chore than, say, an attack on Titan, which I'm like, uh, spoiler alert, I'm getting through that right now. So we might be able to talk about that next week. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm nearing. I'm not that far into it. I'm like episode six or seven, but I'm liking it a lot more than my original play uh, playthrough, my original, you know, uh, watch. So hopefully by the time I get to the point where I dropped it last time, you know, I'll keep going because I'm feeling it a lot more. Like I'm, I'm feel like I'm in the story now. <laughs> it, it's just like Black Clover and Bleach. I started Black Clover and Bleach at least fucking ten times before I actually gave it a sit through and got to episode fifty or episode ten even. Look, all I'm uh, gonna say is our attack on our attack on Titan apology episode will be monumental because that apology is coming. Like I'm just it's I'm definitely just, coming because I'm um, enjoying it so far. Oh, I can't I, wait. I've I've been known to throw the word mid around, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, I gave my apology on bleach too, but bleach I'm still not convinced it's big three material. But attack on Titan, I'm already seeing it's it's up there. Like I can see how this could one day be in the top 10, if not already be in the top 10 uh, anime and manga of all time, you know what I'm saying? Because it's it's getting, it, it's tugging my heartstrings a little bit, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's making me feel a little bit, but, but the point is, you know what I'm saying, I will <laughs> catch up on, like, as soon as I'm finished with uh, Attack on Titan, as soon as I'm finished with a couple other things that shall not be named until I wrap them up because I want to jinx it, I'm definitely catching up on One Piece. That's like a, a must-do. Yeah, we got to get you caught up on One Piece before we start the new, like, or at least begun the journey before 2020. I got to get you started before 2020 begins. I want to be caught up before before we get out of Wano. I want to be caught up to Wano, but that's a that's a bit of a stretch. But Shit. I think I could do it. 
Yeah, I, I think, think he could do it, it too. too. I think he could do it too. But especially once I get out of Fishman Island arc, which I hear is not the best arc, which I'm seeing no. as my favorite arc. So once I get into uh Punk Hazard, I automatically know it's gonna pick up my interest level because some of my favorite characters like Law into the picture. Uh, and the thing, the yeah, and the thing you got to remember is once you get out of Fishman Island arc, everything from Punk Hazard to Wano ties together. It's like, if you, you remember how Alabasta was kind of, you went to Drum Island, you had like all the stuff with uh, Wapple and everything leading up to, you had like the Mr. Three and you see all the people before you get to Crocodile and everything. That's kind of mm -hmm. how Punk Hazard to Dress Rosa to Zoe Whole Cake Island's kind of like the the one thing that doesn't really tie together, but it, it does in a sense because of what takes everything ties to Wano essentially. One Piece is so good at tying everything together and just making the characters feel not unnecessary. Like you see so many characters, and it's like not saying unnecessary, but in other shows you see characters come and go, you see characters get introduced, and you don't really need them later on down the line. They were just a cool point in the storyline. Everyone in One Piece is essential to One Piece. Every art to me. It, it gives you a piece of something essential. So I, I, I do love how One Piece ties shit together. They're really good at that. What, uh, Oda, the, Oda is one of the best mangaka, or one of the best mangakas at doing that. Yeah, he is. And that's something that I have a question with my hero when we get to our review, that I wonder if they're going to accomplish that feat or if it's going to be a Naruto-esque debacle. But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. The final news story we have is Megalobox is coming back for season two. Chris, man, look, I'm telling you, Megalobox is that heat, and I know the Megalobox fans out there was like, yes, season two finally coming, and it's going to take place seven years after the end of the story. Let's freaking go. I cannot wait for season two of Megalobox. I've heard a lot of good things about Megalobox. I've heard a lot of what? Comparisons, you know what I'm saying? Like, where I'm sitting there like, what? you comparing that to, huh? But They compared I it to Bebop. I already know what you're, what you're, ta what you're talking about. I've seen episodes, not seen episodes, but it's on Toonami, I think, right now, right? Oh, it was. It was. I, I saw yeah, an episode when it was on Toonami, and I was like, okay, I see how this gives those kind of vibes, because it, it does give you, like, a classic kind of um, Watanabe kind of vibe, you know what I'm saying? So I could uh, I could see that being uh, as good as it, it's hyped, because there are certain things that I see, I'm, like, overhyped. I'm like, I don't even watch it, I know it's overhyped. But that one is one that I don't think is overhyped at all. I think it could be uh, worth the hype. Not worth the hype, but you know what I mean? It lives up to it. I could, I could imagine that from just what I've seen so far. So I'm definitely, that's going to be probably one of the ones I watch before I start One Piece because it's just what, 12 episodes, 24 episodes? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just 12. See, that's not bad at all. I could get through that in fucking a week. Yeah, it's not, it's not a long series. Let me just, I, I'm, I believe it's just 12. Like, I don't think it's 24. Especially if it's compelling. It's, you know yeah, I mean? it's 13. If, it's just 13. If it's as compelling as a Cowboy Bebop or a Samurai Shampoo, I could knock that out uh, fairly easily. Yeah, no, you could. I definitely have faith in on that. But can't wait for Megalobox Season 2. As we get more information, a trailer and everything, we will let you guys know. And with that being said, that's all the news we have for today. Let's get into today's questions. Our first question is, what makes an anime side character memorable for you from Jesse? Thank you, Jesse, for sending in that question. Crystal, what makes an anime side character memorable for you? And, and I know we know some of our favorite anime side characters, but what, what makes what makes for a memorable one? Uh, what makes for a memorable one is uh, just be a part of, A, the main story, have your own kind of 
tie into the main story. Like that's what makes Sasuke a great a great character. Because without Sasuke, you don't have Naruto. Without Sakura, you know Naruto still goes on. Uh, which not really. I don't want to. I just like to shit on Sakura. But, uh, <laughs> I'm saying without Sasuke, like Sasuke is a key part to that the actual story. Um, same thing with Vegeta. Same thing with Vegeta, and he's like a he's such a a good part of the story too. Like seeing how far Vegeta's grown is such a beautiful thing. Um, he's not an unnecessary side character. Yamcha easily an unnecessary side character. I'm not saying unnecessary, but he's not a good one. Like when you think of goat side characters, Yamcha, Krillin, these niggas don't pop up. Like most annoying maybe because Krillin be getting a lot of shine, bro. Like Krillin is always there, and he really doesn't need to be. After Dragon Ball, I was kind of like, all right. I'm I'm cool on Krillin, you know what I'm saying? Krillin's just there to get killed. Like he got killed on Namek, you know what I'm saying? And He's I think that, that I think that goes back to our Oda conversation of how he handles side characters. What makes side characters memorable for me is, and I'm gonna use Oda and Tagashi as a as an example, when you see Zoro's backstory or Nami's backstory or um Karapika's backstory or Karama's backstory. Mm-hmm. You feel for them as much as you feel for a Yusuke or a Luffy, if not sometimes, maybe more. Yeah, exactly. Especially with uh, certain characters like how you say Karapika. Like, I like him probably more than I like Gon and not Killua. But I I feel for Karapika more than I feel for a lot of characters because his whole Sasuke clan thing, uh, he was the last one from his clan kind of thing. And he had no kind of like Itachi did it for a better reason. He just, niggas just kind of murked his family, son, and took their eyes. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Their eyes were valuable. So his, his whole clique got fucking R.I.P. And that's, that made me feel for him. And when he gets to the point where he's, uh, you know, R.I.P. and niggas like Uvo, it makes it seem not only worth it, but also it makes it, you know what I'm saying, it seems believable. It's like, okay, he had to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they didn't just do that for plot. It was like, this nigga, I could believe he had the drive, you know what I'm saying, to do yep. that. That's like a Robin. Like, when you find out everything about O'Hara and you find out about Robin's backstory after you've been with her since Alabaster, it's like, oh, I understand why this girl has done all of this. She couldn't trust anybody. Like, mm. there was no one she could trust. She's been on the run since she was a child. The government's been chasing her, sending bounty people after her, sending Marines after Like, why should I trust you just because you guys are nice to me for one time? You want something from me. And when you find when she finally breaks down and cries and, like, she wants to live, it's that's why that moment is so powerful because we've built her up. I think what makes a good side character is the buildup, the backstory, in their placement in the story and how their past will affect the future of the main character as well as their lives and how their lives affect their past and their lives affect the main character to become a better protagonist. See, that's why I, I, looping back around to our first, uh, one of our news topics, that's why I say you can't really have one piece from Wano only because every single arc pre-time skip or Early in early One Piece, anytime you get a new Straw Hat character, it's not just you randomly get a new addition to the crew. It's like it means something. Like whenever you get Water Seven and you get the the Robin backstory, that shit hits so fucking hard because you're introduced to Robin before then. But that was whenever you really start loving Robin and taking her serious as a side character. Before then, you could swap Robin out. Robin could be like, "Hey, I'm not Straw Hat no more. Bye guys," or she could die, and people are like, "Man, who cares?" You know what I'm saying? But that her whole backstory, her whole 
everything that goes along with her as a character is what makes you love her as a back uh, as a side character. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what it takes. It takes that, something for you to get real then. Yeah, no, I agree. And and that's something that uh not only Tagashi, not only Oda, but you see um freaking oh my gosh, why am I uh Hirokoshi do when with Todoroki. Todoroki's a great example of that, especially with everything with Endeavor and everything and how Deku's affecting that relationship and how that yeah. relationship's affecting Todoroki. It's it's just great. Like oh, when you, you got do Todoroki being the, the goat side character because that gave that nigga an anime uh an anime talk award last year for best like for what was it was it character of the year or something like that? I don't remember what you was wild at that. I That's like, development what? though, bro. Like you don't see development like that in side characters too often. So when I saw that, I was like, bruh, he his side character is standing out early. Like you don't get to see development in Vegeta until what? Like super <laughs> or until like the Majin arc. Like you yeah. don't see that shit. Not no, early. With you. So and I think like we said, that's what makes a great anime uh, anime side character. The backstory, the way they affect the protagonist, the way they affect the story. And of course, cool action, of course. And yeah they have to they have to the main one of the main things with me is just how they fit with the side uh with the main character because a side character is a side to the main. So if the main you know what I'm saying? Like it has to he has to have a not saying a good relationship with the main, but a good uh chemistry. Yeah, good, at least a good enough that. relationship. Yeah, exactly. The chemistry just has to be there. It has to be believable. It has to be like you have to want them to be a part of the side cast. Cause like there's a lot of side cast members that nobody really gives a fuck about they could do without. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're not one of those characters that people feel like they don't have a reason to really care why you're there. You know what I'm saying? Like, people have to have that reason to care. That's the and main I think, thing. I think Naruto's a great example of that. As much as we care about Sasuke, as much as we care about Kakashi, as much as we care about Shikamaru, as much as we care about Hanada, as much as we care about, uh, I'll say Sakura just for argument, because I know the Sakura fans out there will blast up our mentions, but she's one. As much as we care about the Hokage, Choji gets some moments. Some people say they care about him. I could see if some people say they don't. I could see how people don't care about Kiva. I can see how people don't care about Shino. I can see how people don't care about Tintin. I can see how Tintin's people don't. The only one I really hear people actually complain about. And then, as of recently, I got into an argument with a girl on Twitter. <laughs> Shout out to her. Uh, I forget her name. I got into an argument with a girl on Twitter because she said, uh, arguably, Tintin was probably the best ninja as far as just ninja skills because everybody else had either an eye or a specific power or like even Rock Lee with his Taijutsu. Uh, Tintin was actually the only essential ninja just doing ninja shit. She was just the only the only regular ninja in the main cast, if that makes sense. What like the only ninja with nothing special about her that was just thriving off her actual the shit she learned in school. None of the extra I, shit. I, I ain't rocking with that. Would would, would the Rock Lee didn't have shit special? <laughs> like Rock Lee well, didn't yeah, have he, a he excelled in um in Taijutsu. He had the he had wait, like, wait, 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 uh-uh. I'm not gonna even let you get that off because the fact is Rock Lee wasn't even good at weapons, which is something you you learn in school. Rock Lee, the only reason why Rock Lee was good in Taijutsu is because that nigga was running every day and night with weights on his back, <laughs> and my guy was cracking that whip, saying, run up them hills. Hell no, dog. I ain't letting them people get that off. Rock Lee did it for nothing. Yeah, you're right. Just, justice, for, justice for Rock Lee. Rock Lee's one of those characters who I scoffed at at the beginning of Naruto, and by the end of Naruto, he ended up being in my top ten like favorites because Naruto, oh, not Naruto, Rock Lee deserves every pr- uh, praise he gets. You know what I'm saying? Because he's just that boy. Like, he deserves every single thing he got. Like, as far as uh, just power ups, just every win he got was, it felt earned. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that because like he he worked for that, and that's something that that's another quality of a side character. Seeing them when they get their wins, having it from seeing them lose and building them up to get those wins. Just good good things that make a, a side character memorable for us. The next question we have is best anime transformations from Carrie. So thank you to Jesse. Thank you to Carrie. Crystal, what do you think are some of the best anime transformations? Let's get the easy one out of the way. Super Saiyan 4. Fuck Super Ooh. Saiyan 1, 2, 3, Blue, God. It's 4. 4 is the... And it, it makes me so sad that it's not canon. Because just the fact that it ties in with the Ozaru, with the heart of Saiyan blood, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just... To me, I I saw that uh, Toriyama made Broly canon. Toriyama made Bardock canon. Toriyama made... um. What else was was canon in that movie? Because it was the three things that was not canon that they made canon. It was the Broly, uh, Broly, Bardock, and uh, damn, what's the other thing? One more, I can't think about it. I I feel like that that might be it, but you might be right. There might be it another. Might be I don't. Par- know. It might just be Paragus or something like that. Somebody stupid that was in there, but uh, definitely the the number one thing that I always wanted to see canon, especially after that, especially after he's taking shit from like the movie and GT and shit making a canon, we want Super Saiyan 4. I don't know if I speak for the rest of the Dragon Ball fandom, but that is one of the most iconic transformations ever. I remember when I first saw it, uh, I would love to see it get the Broly remix because if I'm not mistaken, all they did was like pull Goku's tail back out and there was a moon around or some shit like that. I did like the fact that it tied in with um, you know, the OG Saiyan Ozaru, the heart of being a Saiyan type shit, but I would love to see how Toriyama would have done it. Or how he would do it if he brought it back. He could be off that as a whole and not even remember it, but yeah, he, like it, shit he actually made like launch. It, it, it looks like he's on like the ultra instinct wave, but I gotta agree with you aesthetically and just like the way Super Saiyan 4 felt, it might be my favorite Super Saiyan transformation over Ultra Instinct, over freaking uh Super Saiyan Blue, oh gods, over Super Saiyan God Red Form, over all the Super Saiyan one, two, three, like I'm with you on Super Saiyan 4. Like, I love that transformation. I'm going to give you one from uh from Naruto. I really love both Seuss, when Sasuke hits that Susano shit, and when my boy Naruto... See, I'm not big for the Karama K, uh, uh, QB uh, mode, whatever, or uh, KMS1. Or I'm not for the QB transformation, but when he gets that... That uh nine tail chakra cloak on him and he's all orange looking like his pops. Yo, that shit's hard. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That shit and I, I that that was iconic. Like, whenever you think of Naruto, you already think of the transformations, but they did have some iconic ones. Like the Sasuke curse mark when it was just yeah. they had a lot of good, good transformations in Naruto. You gotta give them that. Yeah, gotta give Naruto that. I'm trying to think if some more good transformations. Do you fuck with Yusuke's demon form? That's what I was about to say next. <laughs> the Mazaku Yusuke, I was like, we're not going to get through this conversation without me saying Mazaku, Mazaku, Demon Mode, Yusuke, bruh, iconic. Then it may just be the long hair Super Saiyan 4-esque transformation that did it for me, but whenever it initially happened, the impact of it hit so hard. Like, whenever he booted up on Since We started headbutting this nigga through fucking mountains and shit, I was like, oh my god, this motherfucker did not come to play. The demon, the demon aura, red spirit gun, is too much iconic with that. You know what I'm saying? Even whenever he did it later on in the series, and he only had the tattoos and not the long hair, still iconic. Like that's 
easily one of my top, if not my number one favorite anime transformation. Mm, okay, okay. If I got another one. I got another one for you. You're farther along in Bleach than me, but what about uh uh freaking Bankai and all that shit that's going on with Ichigo? I was thinking about saying that the Bankai. Bankai is pretty cool. Oh, the Baste um, Lord transformation because I don't Baste know how. Lord, I don't know. To me, aesthetically, it's cool, but it ain't all that. Like it don't look like nothing. Fucking, that I could fall in love with. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't no Super Saiyan four Mazaku type shit. But it's it's pretty. Like the the Bankai transformations are pretty badass in their own right as far as power ups go and shit like that. But I'm pretty sure uh, Bleach Twitter Bleach. You know what I'm saying? Fan base is gonna definitely be like number one, but to me it just ain't it ain't hitting that hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay, okay, I, I got you. Some, I could also I could see how people would throw it in there. It's just not me personally. I wouldn't see it. You know what I'm saying? I'd I'd go more for like the gear transformations. Okay, which you th- oh see with Luffy? Yeah, I was gonna mention that. Like gear two is always one of my favorite. When Luffy breaks out gear two at Water Seven, and you hear him say. Gear Segundo for the first time, it's like, oh my gosh, let's fucking go. The boys, like, even though it's just increasing his speed and like a little bit of his power, it's like, let's fucking go. I'm down. Gear three wasn't that great. Gear four, as much as the franchise and some of the fans did not like how it looked, I really like Gear Four for Luffy. And then when you get to Gear Four Snake Man, it's like, all right. Oh, Luffy- Snake Man is that Whew. Yeah, like Lu- Luffy's that boy now. Yeah, I remember I saw that in Stampede and just the energy. In the theater when he went gear four was like okay yeah now we here we was waiting on and I, I saw it and I didn't really get to see that in the anime yet so it, it was super impactful for me so that's one of my favorites you, uh, okay. you got any other ones I got a couple more I, I was thinking of the uh, Attack on Titan Titan changes oh okay now see I'm not quite there yet I don't think okay well see when you see I'm not gonna say anything but just like when you see how far you are like what you know uh. The, nothing. This is the first Titan pulled up. Uh, the little red fucking muscle, like it looked like fucking raw meat muscle, pulled up and nigga just disappeared. I'm not too far. I'm like episode six or seven. I want to say. What you know about Aaron? I don't know that he's a Titan yet. But you do or know that, Aaron. like in li- in like life, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. Then yeah, I'm not gonna say anything else. But I'll just say Aaron's t- Titan transformation is is up there. And then when you get farther in, we could we could add some more to this list. So but that's I, I, one. What you got? You didn't say uh, the eight gates transformation with um. Oh my, my god! No, I did not. But that's he probably did. one of my favorites because that is he booted the fuck up. Like Madara gave him his props with that one. Yeah, that was a big one. Also, speaking of Madara, the uh, the Sage of Six Paths Ten Tail Chakra, you know, the uh, being oh, the yeah. Ten Tail Jinchuriki, as well as of Sage course. Mode for Naruto, the original transformation. To be honest with you, Sage Mode hit hard for me. Uh, whenever he, because that's just that's Jiraiya. It's just, and I love Jiraiya. Uh, when I, in my first initial wa- uh, watch through of Naruto, Sage Mode, I'm like, damn, this is badass. At first, I did not like it. At first, I was sitting there like, ugh, he got the frog eyes. This shit looks stupid. But seeing him work it made me love the the actual transformation. And then when he got the the uh, Nine Tail Beast Mode, you know what I'm saying? That was crazy as well. So both of those, I would I would definitely put those in my top anime transformations for sure. What you think about Gone Freaks? Is that a good transformation? I don't like it. <laughs> a lot of people do, but see, that's that's why that honestly might be one of the reasons why Gone's not one of my favorite um, 
characters in anime or my favorite character even in his own show just because i feel like it was sort of an ass pull because it wasn't super explained like it kind of was but at the same time he uh we're not that far into the series to where we didn't get like you know we didn't get a continuation from where we're at right now so we didn't really get to see him ever do it again we didn't get to see him learn to master it or you know what i'm saying like even certain things like how gohan uh became Super Saiyan due to anger or certain other Saiyans have turned Super Saiyan due to anger. Gon had a reason to turn that form, but everybody else mastered theirs. Gon, he just he did it once. It was like a one trick, one time kind of trick, and then you never saw it again. Yeah, no, I, I, I could agree with that. And no, it was I'm... super fucking OP to say that nigga, this is just Gon. I know it's Jing Freaks' son, but that shit was way too OP, came out of nowhere, and one of my favorite arcs of all time. I like that he did it and avenged his fucking boy, uh, Kite. You know what I'm saying? But it just to me, it wasn't one of my favorite transformations. I like, I like other transformations that were less impactful. Because I, I will say that was a super impactful transformation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I do like other less impactful transformations more than that one, even though it was one of the most impactful. Oh, I got a, like, I, I got one that I'm shocked you didn't say. Which one? I got two that I'm shocked you didn't say. Shesh, uh, from Inirasha, Sheshashomaru. Oh. And Digivolving. Ah, I was thinking about that, too. I just didn't say it. Not, not necessarily Digivolving, but I thought if, like, Pokemon Evolutions and Digivolving would count, because if Pokemon Evolutions would count, I would do the Mega Evolution, because that transformation to me is iconic, even though a lot of people didn't like it because it came late in the series. And uh, the Alolan forms and all the different... Because I, I consider... Not really Alolan form, but more the... Mega evolutions and the Gigantamax, those are actual transformations, and the Digivolutions definitely are transformations. So, I guess we could count those, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and those would, would be among my favorites for sure. What you think about Shesh, uh, whatever that dude's name from in, in you Shom- is? I didn't yeah, even Shomaru. think about that one, I didn't even think to add that one, but that is an iconic, uh, well, not really iconic because Shesomaru in itself is uh, what's the word, uh, polarizing, where some people. Some people fuck with it. Some people don't fuck with it. But I think that's an iconic transformation in, in the series itself. Okay, you know I just wanted to throw that out there because I knew you got any others. Uh, this one is just me. I, I'm I'm that one nigga who, even though Dragon Ball is a hater, I show love to Dragon Ball. But definitely the Golden Freezer form, or just Golden form in general, mm. because gold. Uh, you get to see Gold cooler, and to me, I like Golden cooler more than Golden Freezer, even though he just showed up in Dragon Ball Superheroes or whatever it is. <laughs> Which is, you know, most, most hated, most hated for sure. <laughs> but seeing Cooler get that, because I always like Cooler. Oh, I don't know why I didn't say Coolers. You know how Frieza turns into, he's the ugly Frieza, first stage, second stage, third stage, fourth stage. But Cooler has his fifth stage mm-hmm. with those spikes on his head. That's easily best transformation. Because Frieza's last transformation where he's like kind of skinny Frieza. That one's cool, like the ball-headed Frieza versus all the Frieza's with the horns, like King Cole. You see, I like King Cole Frieza. Uh, I don't like no freezers with the horns. Like you talking about Buff King Cole Frieza or like skinny? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about the one that's uh, finger beam Piccolo. I'm talking about Buff King Cole Frieza that looked like his pops. Now, see, I like Buff Ball Head Frieza more, more than anything. You know what I'm saying okay, like Buff, okay. Buff fucking Frieza Ball Headed. That nigga was wrecking shit. Like Goku had trouble whipping that nigga's ass. Had to boot up go Super Saiyan. But, but I will say Cooler's transformation, the one you talking about, that's the best one out of Frieza's oh, yeah. brother. And, and Xenoverse, when I was uh, creating my own character, I started off with the uh, uh, 
changelings or whatever the fucking freezer race is and i definitely chose that uh that style first before i dabbled in other ones but that's easily one of the best ones but uh i feel like we missing a couple oh no i got i got i got two all right three that like two for the ladies and one that's that's uh that's another transformation but the two for the ladies for the ladies the sailor scouts oh yeah big time from sailor moon that's one that I grew up on because Sailor Moon was a guilty pleasure of mine. I was, it was like, I'd be on the bus talking, hey man, your wife's a new Eddie and Eddie. Everybody be like, yeah, your wife's a new pop up girls. They'd be like, what? Oh yeah, me neither. You know what I'm saying? And Sailor <laughs> Moon was one of those that I just knew not to bring up because of the pop up girls. I used to watch that shit. I used to fuck with Mojo Jojo and all that. But whenever I got shitted on for being like, hey, I watched that shit, I definitely was not about to let niggas know I watched Sailor Moon. But I was pulling up. I mean, it came on right before Dragon Ball, like Dragon Ball yeah. Z. So I'm sitting there like, watching it to get through it to watch Dragon Ball Z at first, but eventually I'm sitting there like, I love these girls. I love Tuxedo Mask. You know what I'm saying? I love the cats. So yeah. the transformations were definitely iconic. Like, whenever they booted up, that's how you know shit was getting real, and that's that's definitely a, a, a great uh, iconic transformation. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of girls grew up gravitating towards that one as well. I gotta say the Life Fiber uniforms and Kill a Kill. Ah, that's one I wouldn't think of either. That's but a definitely good transformation. Yep, and then I got one more from and this will lead into our review. Well, no, we got one more question, but uh, this is a transformation, even though it's a quirk. But it, the person is transforming, but you gotta specify it. All Might's one for all. Ah, that is a transformation. I don't even. I don't. You wouldn't consider that, or you wouldn't think of it. But this definitely should be considered. Yeah, man, I like, got I got even more, bro. But that's definitely one that uh, it, it's fire because it's secret, low key. Yeah, it's like, like niggas think that's just like normal. Yeah, niggas don't even know about crackhead Superman all might. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. niggas don't even know about that. which is which is dope. Like, it's dope to have that, that as the series is like little secret only between all might Deku and probably fucking Night Eye. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, well, now everybody knows that he's crackhead all might. It was definitely dope at the beginning though, because niggas did not know about that. Like, whenever you first got that revealed to you, it was early. But whenever Deku first saw. Crackhead All Might, it was like, oh, damn, like, this is my hero, you know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah. no, nah, I'm still, I can still boot up, don't get it twisted, but I just can't boot up all the time. Yeah, like, 100%. Which you, what, you got but, any uh, more before we get off this? Lead, not saying lead into what we're going to talk about later, but uh, since we're going to talk about Radiant, uh, should we consider his, like, is that his his berserk form? Is that kind of like a transformation? Because whenever mm -hmm. I saw him do that, I, I was not expecting Seth to even have a transformation in this show. I wasn't expecting that at all. That counts. That definitely counts. I ain't gonna lie. When I saw that, I was like, what? I was like, Seth's out here booting up like this? Like, when I saw that, I was like, this nigga, Lyndon, was not lying when he said they started booting the fuck up. I told you. I can't wait to talk about that. But, yeah, no, that counts. Shit. Demon Slayer. I mean, not Demon Slayer, Lord. Fucking uh, Black Coat. Clo look, to the Clover fans out there. <laughs> There's like three transformations in that show that niggas are wilding about. The Noel transformation and the you know and Asa transformation. What? Noel has a transformation? I gotta catch up on Black Clover. <laughs> yeah, Noel has one. And Wait, you know and Asa. I didn't even know uh you know had a uh, transformation, but Asta I, I can't speak on the impact of it because I've only seen clips, but definitely aesthetically, that's the dope ass transformation. I haven't seen something like that. That that kind of reminds me of Bleach, uh what's it called? The um The Bankai. Not the other one, the uh big one that, that Ichigo gets. Oh, you're talking about the the, the Vado Lores thing? Yeah, that one. It it, it reminds me of that, but done a little bit 
more clean, in my opinion. Mm, okay, okay. Well, we'll I'm post. No fucking transformation. This shit look hard. Noel, I just damn like. Yeah, Noel got a hard transformation. Yeah, and him, her, and you know. But we'll po- catch up. Yeah, you gotta catch up. But we'll post some of these transformations and ask the question to you on our Instagram, Anime Talk Pod. Be sure you follow the Anime Talk Podcast in, on Instagram. And we'll we'll ask you guys who are some of your favorite transformations. Uh, Let's see. Do we have time to do this question or are we going to do this one next week? We might save this one for next week because best hand- oh, well, let's save it. I, I, have, I have to take a... I got some... I got like a lot. Like that's one of the ones off the top of my head. We can go for a while, so that that would be good, <laughs> good for next week. Yeah, we'll save that one. And just to let people know, it's what makes a great anime arc. What are some of the best arcs, singular? So we're not judging the anime as a whole. We're just judging what are some of the best singular arcs. So be on the lookout for that next episode. Let's jump into the review. Uh, let's start with Radiant shit. Since Chris is caught up for the most part, he's caught up at least with the dub. Chris, what what do you think? Being that you fell off of Radiant before the season ended last last time with the show, how do you feel now that you're reestablished with the show and watching it as it comes out for the dub? All right. So my initial, um, my initial impression of Radiant was okay. This is Black Clover and Fairy Tale done uh, from a perspective of a French uh, French mangaka. You know what I'm saying? So I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, so basically, you know, uh, instead of guilds and fucking, what is it, what is it called in Black Clover? Like, uh, oh, you're talking uh, about, uh, instead of guilds and, uh, god damn it, what is it called? It's like, it's like, it's, it's the like, knights. Yeah, like, yeah, the knights. Yeah, uh, the magic knights. The magic knights, you know what I'm saying? They got all, they break themselves off into crews. And this one, you don't really get to see a cast of characters like you get to see in, in Fairy Tale. You get to see a whole guild. In Black Clover, you get to see the black, uh, what is it, black, black bulls. bulls? Yeah. You get to see the black bulls. You get to see the squad. In this, you kind of just get Seth. You kind of just get um Melly. You know what I'm saying? YNW Melly. <laughs> and you get Doc. You know what I'm saying? And Yo, wait. A- that, wait, you just dropped. Wait, I got to give you props because you dropped a bar calling Melly YNW Melly just because YNW Melly has his Melly self in his Melvin self in yeah. real Melly. <laughs> Because they double personalities. I've been on that album hard. The split personality of Melly versus Melvin. Yo. And the thing is, she does have two personalities, and one of them's cool, and the other one's fucking batshit psycho. That is so, a bar. Bro, that hit me as soon as I came back and started watching it. As soon as I was like, wait, this bitch's name is Melly, like YNW Melly. Like, I've been <laughs> joking awesome. about that, like, ever since I, I restarted it. But, um, with her, you know what I'm saying? I liked her at first. I'm like, she's cool. Doc. Doc is cool, you know what I'm saying? Alma, she's like the Jiraiya. She's like uh she's like the 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 mother figure, but at the same time, she's not really the trainer. But seeing how she checks in with him in the newer episode, she's kinda like that uh that mentor kind of to, to Seth. He kind of always yeah. looks for approval kind of thing. So I put her in that that seat. Cause even if she's even though she's not around all the time and she's not training him, she's definitely giving him uh advice to live by, and that's very uh cool to me. But um, at the beginning, it was cool, but nothing really hits. I was waiting for it to boot up. And right when I started watching it, uh, right when I stopped watching it, just like you said, it started taking off. Like, you guys can see the Bravery Quartet. I'm sitting there like, okay, we got Team Rocket in here. This, it, to me, seemed like a goofy-ass show. Not saying a goofy-ass show in a negative way, 
but saying like one of those shows that doesn't take itself too seriously, like a fairy tale. But right after Conrad gets introduced and the whole situation, like once I finished that arc up, it made me realize how deep that arc was. Uh, and this show is something that you can take very seriously. Like I was talking to one of my homies I work with. I always talk about my, my bro Malik on the show because uh, he's one of my new homies in real life that, you know what I'm saying, I'll be, I'll be linking up with. There's not too many people I could talk to anime about outside of you and Twitter. Uh, and fade, you know what I'm saying? So this nigga, we be we be locking up, and he he never heard of Radiant, and I was like, what? And this nigga's from France, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, son, what? from France, and you don't know Radiant, you know what I'm saying? He's like, is it good? He's like, is it is it whack? Is it like a kitty kind of show? I was like, no, you're gonna think that because you're gonna see Seth. He looks like Kid Naruto. He, I'm not saying he looks like Kid Naruto, but he looks just like a younger, a shonen protagonist before yeah. the Buddha. And I'm sitting there thinking he's not. Like, like I said, I wasn't even expecting him to get a transformation. But right whenever I, I pick back up from episode, I want to say 16, whatever it was, wherever, uh, the last episode we reviewed, I think, was the episode where he whoops Conrad's ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. After that, you get introduced to this new character. I forget her name. Um, She is the girl who's controlling the rat, uh, what the hell, the rat nemesis. Exactly. And seeing that, seeing her backstory, seeing her in that whole arc, uh, that tugged my heartstrings super hard because that her being like these rats are my fucking family and y'all killed them just because they're nemesis. You know what I'm saying? You don't know shit about me. He, she's looking at fucking uh, Seth like you a bitch for even fighting for these niggas. Like these niggas hate you, son. Like yeah. they will never understand you, son. She was like, you will never understand my pain because you dick riding these niggas. And Seth is like, you don't get it. Like I do understand. What you're going through, probably more than you, probably more than you realize. You know what I'm saying, and just the fact that uh, she died. Uh, spoiler alert. You know what I'm saying. She died to kind of let that nigga escape and everything. Or did she die? Or she she got beat for sure. Nah, she died. Yeah, she did. Yeah. But just seeing seeing that, uh, how I didn't even know who she was before I stopped watching. And right when I picked back up watching, I maybe watched three episodes, four episodes, and she died. And that death was hella impactful to say I've only gotten maybe an hour of screen time with her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, shit got real. I wasn't expecting nobody to die in Radiant. You know what I'm saying? I and then you meet, you meet the generals, you meet the thermomages, you meet Pi, uh, Piodon, and it's like, what the hell? This show just went a complete 180. Shit is finally getting real. I'm loving seeing all the new characters implemented. I'm loving how the randomness of Doc, you think he's gonna die and he's rebirthed through his own fucking stomach and now he's kid Doc for some reason trying to <laughs> still flirt with homegirl with the puppet dad. That shit's just <laughs> hilarious to watch. Uh, you start seeing progression in the story. You start seeing uh, niggas tell Seth, like, hey, look, you gotta stop dragging Doc and Melly with you, son. Like, look at, you're unstable, first of all. Your adventures are not stable because niggas are hunting you down. Do you really wanna drag them down with you? And he was like, damn, really? That's you right. Like, I really don't want to hold them back. So instead of him going through that heartbreak and that emotional fucking experience, he just leaves. He, yo, th that is something I've never seen a shonen character do where they just dip like, off from their friends. That that blew my mind. Yep. That was, uh, a, a, threw you for a loop. That felt like Seth was a bad boyfriend where he just ghosted her. He just dipped out. He didn't tell nobody and what he was doing. He gets his payback. He gets his payback. He, try, he tries to walk up on her and apologize because he, he realizes they're in the same area he's in uh, on this Yo, next Melly little Yo, Melly was heartbroken. On. And I felt for her. At the, yeah, the me whole too. Time, right? 
the whole time they're fussing, right? The whole time they're in the doorway, they're fussing. I'm sitting there looking at her, and I hate these scenes in movies, and even, like, not anime, but any kind of time where the dude's pleading to the girl, and the girl's, like, fussing at him, like, no, you did this. And the dude could honestly just be like, look, bruh, they told me to stop. Somebody told me I was holding y'all back, and I didn't want to get y'all involved, yada, yada. He was sitting there just letting her go off, and he was just kind of making his case worse. I'm sitting there like, bruh, you're making a big deal out of nothing, talking to Melly. But whenever she breaks down, she's like, dude, I'm really out here trying. She's like, I'm weak as fuck, and I don't want to be. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I want to get stronger. I want to master my shit. She's like, I'm riding with you, nigga. Like, I know all the risks, and I'm still down the ride. Like, it don't matter if I die, nigga. She's like, that's my responsibility. She's like, if I die, nigga, that's not on you, nigga. You're not my fucking daddy. If I die, and that's my choice. Like, you, you didn't even... You don't even love me and respect me as much as I love and respect you to where you didn't even give the choice to me of being like, I care about you so much to where it's like, I don't want you and Doc to get hurt. Instead of giving us the choice, you just took it from us like we're children. But at the beginning of it, Doc was the one that was like, nigga, I don't want to be on these fucking shits. Nigga, fuck what Melly talking about, nigga. I'm not doing it, period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then while she's fussing at him, he could have been, he could have kind of stood up and been like, look, bro, it was... I kind of did put a bug in his ear, too. You know what I'm saying? Whoever else put a bug in his ear, I was kind of one of them saying that this, I'm not down for these fucking crazy journeys, but you know what I'm saying? If I'd have known how passionately you felt about it, like, don't just put that all on poor little Seth. It's kind of me, too, because <laughs> Lord knows I wasn't down for these shit, especially being a fucking kid. You know he's like a coward kid, that, not a coward character that's just, like, not trying to jump into no fights. But, uh, just yeah. I never thought Radiant would get me in my feels like it has uh, over the past few days when I've been uh, catching up. And then, bro, what about our guy Dragunov, like, leveling up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Whenever I thought they was going, like, I knew something was up whenever he did what he did and they were like, yeah, nigga, we gonna punish your ass. I was like, for what? <laughs> I was like, is it that serious? <laughs> yeah, like, them niggas hate sorcerers, bro. Is it, there's, like, yeah. this show has some serious, like, uh, this show reminds me, like, one Piece is a commentary on racism, but to a certain extent, this show is a real com. Like this show is a bit like not saying it's more of a commentary on racism than One Piece, but it but does it, it in a more overt, uh, overt way. Yeah, and it does. It really does. They're like in your face with it, and then it kind of parallels what we're going on with what we're going, what we're dealing with in America with like immigrants and all that. Like just hearing Conrad talk about like. Man, fuck that. These immigrants come and fuck shit up for us, nigga. I'd rather just wipe them all out. I don't care about the good ones, nigga. There's no such thing as a good immigrant. They fucking up my vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That just kind of reminds me of Trump on his oh. fucking stand. Like, fuck all the Mexican niggas. They not coming in my fucking... You know what I'm saying? So I kind of just... it. It's more relatable. Yeah, it really is. And then, like, this season, meeting the new characters like uh, Okoho, or, or, or however you pronounce her name, and then the new... uh. Sorcerer Knights, not Magic Knights, Sorcerer Knights. So we're, we're, the show, the the world is progressing. And I love Okoho too. Okoho is uh, just the fact that so quickly she became a beloved character for me. You know what I'm saying? Because she came in and I was like, okay, whatever. She's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. Whenever Seth came back to the thing and be like, I forgot some shit over here and started talking to her and started talking to her about her, not her quirk, but her uh, infection. And she was like, nigga, that's not some shit you just asked somebody. You know what I'm saying? They just went through this whole back and forth. And she was like, how did you power up? How did you boot up? How do you control your uh, Fantasia? I'm not really that good at it. It made me kind of like feel for her more as a character. And just slowly but surely, um, I'm starting to like her more and more every every line she gets. You know what I'm saying? And I- I'm down for her being a part of the team as well. Uh, every side character being introduced is just 
this this show knows what it's doing. To me, it had a slow start, but uh, it's picking up very quickly. They're not taking no time for to bullshit no more. And I can't wait till you get super caught up because the dub hasn't caught up to the sub yet. But when next episode, by the time you caught up, but uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I might just fuck around and watch the sub tonight because I'm itching for the new episode, and it's not coming out until tomorrow or the next day. And uh, yeah, so huh. I'm glad you had a good 180 on Radiant. Shout out to Radiant. I gotta say, Funimation, if I'm not mistaken, it is Funimation who's doing a dub. They're doing a hell of a good job. Uh, I know you did the interview with um with Doc. Yeah, with Sean Gann. And, Shout out to Sean. Yeah, and he's very, he's like a very compelling doc. Like, I love his little accent that he does for doc. I love the fact that he's not non-believable. You know what I'm saying? I really believe his character. And that goes for the rest of the cast as well. They do a really good job of keeping you uh, invested during the emotional moments as well as the comedic moments. It's just, it, 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 it's not one of those dubs, like, not to shit on anybody, but Parasite is not one of those dubs that you're wondering how much they paid the niggas for. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, no, they did a good job. If you're wondering how much the dub actors got paid for, like thinking like triple digit numbers, like thinking like small numbers and shit like that, that's how you know it's a bad dub. You're like, man, they got it. They got somebody off the street to do this shit. <laughs> but Radiant, I'm not gonna lie, but the dub's been holding up pretty good. Like even with Grim, uh, Grim being a character, he refers to himself in third person. Very believable. He's a very lovable character. I'm yeah, just in the experience now. Like now, I'm watching this week to week again. Like this is one of those. I'm glad. I, glad I took a break on it because I don't know how. Uh, with the impression I had of it at the beginning, if I'd have just kept watching week to week, it probably wouldn't have hit the same as me binging it. This is one of those ones that feels really good to get a good arc off in a night. Like when I got that whole Conrad arc off, because I rest I didn't restart the whole series, but I restarted it from the beginning of the Conrad art before the fight and everything. So seeing that whole thing played out over one night, like a big movie, it was, it, it hit me hard. The impact was heavy. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. So dope, dope. We'll be talking radiant more and more as the, as the uh, shows progress. We'll probably get a Vinland review as the uh, show ends, but Vinland's picking up as well. Let's talk about fire force because this is another one, man. Like I like, look, this is one that it's finally hitting its stride. We got episode 17 finishing up the Vulcan arc. While Dr. Giovanni continues to search for Vulcan's workshop, Habana comes to Shinra's aid, allowing him to uh, rush back to help Vulcan. Meanwhile, Arthur has his hands full trying to deal with Mirage's illusions, and Iris resists in her own way. On top of that, we finally get to see Shinra's brother show, and what an impactful moment that was. Chris, what did you think of episode 17 on top of Vulcan joining the crew? I was not expecting Shinra's brother to look like that and act like that and be like that, but he's pretty badass in his own right, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where that's going in the future. But I am also uh, ecstatic that we got Vulcan as a part of the gang because I did like that character. I was hoping he wasn't one of those characters that was here today and going tomorrow because I really did enjoy not only his character design with tats and the shit like that, but his personality and just his character in general, his talents are being put to use in these episodes as well. And that's real fun to see. Um, I'm glad that he's a part of the gang. You know what I'm saying I'm glad we're getting some progression as far as story uh, too, because you, you heard that Shimmer's little brother didn't die and boom, he's here now. So now we got to see where, where that's about to go. Yeah. And on top of that, Shinra and, and Arthur realize they're not as strong as they are. And even though Shinra's an idola person, we're starting to figure out, what that power means, Shinra's brother whoops their ass pretty easy. And the only reason why they escape is because, and now you finally see why I call this dude Orochimaru. 
Joker just pops up and saves him. Like, nah, it's not it's not time for this yet. Like, my guy not strong enough yet, but we'll let this happen later. But for right now, I gotta save his ass. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. That nigga, that was the wildest <laughs> randomest shit as well. Like that shit was just so fucking random. But I'm 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 feeling it. I'm feeling it so far. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's hitting harder and harder each episode. I was kinda leaning towards ah man, I'm off file force, but I'm not gonna lie. As of the last four episodes, uh, it's pulling me back in hard. Like I'm, I'm sitting there, I, I, I'm itching for the next episode now because we got the training arc in the the latest latest episode, and I'm like sitting there, like, okay, let's see that shit get put to fucking work. Yeah. So, what would you rate episode seventeen, one through five? Seventeen, I'd give it a good, a good three point five because we did get a lot of good action. Uh, we did get a lot of characters in that bitch. We got, uh, you saw, you know, Arthur get his shit rocked. You saw a lot of niggas get their shit rocked. But um, to me, the next episode, I liked it a little bit more. So I'm going to give this Ooh. one probably, probably a 3.5. And I, I feel like I should have liked this episode more than the next one. So that's why I kind of, it doesn't get as many, as many brownie points from it. Because I feel like it should have had me more and more invested. Like we see, we see Shinra's brother touch down for the first time. And I wasn't like, ah! I was just like, oh shit, that's Shinra's brother. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, the badass. I'm like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but it nah, like the, so right before that, whenever you see, uh, you see the buildup with Vulcan and the girl, uh, that was in his little squad, she betrayed him. Then you saw niggas beating his ass, trying to get a, a key from him or get a secret out of him and shit like that. Uh, that was hella compelling. I'm watching that like at the edge of my seat, like, oh my god, that's this is wild. And the next episode, it kind of spikes down a little bit as far as uh, the hype incline. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it didn't keep me inclined more. See, I'm I'm a I'm a disagree a little bit with that because like the touchdown of show, the scene Joker emerge and like doing all his stuff, knowing that Dr. Giovanni's still alive in the background doing some some sneaky shit. I, I'll give episode 17 a solid four. Now, see, the action hard. was pretty cool though. The action was the action is the only thing that could make me take it from a, a three a three point five to like a maybe three seven or something, you know? Okay, I feel that. I feel that. Let's jump to episode 18, The Secret of Pyrokinesis. Vulcan gets settled in with the 8th while Captain Obi meets with Habana, Conroe, and Kareem to exchange data on the White Clad, a.k.a. the Evangelist. Conroe proposes that Shinra and Arthur be given combat training in Asukasa to improve their fighting skills with none other than Benny Maru. What would you think of this episode? Loved it, because you know Benny Maru is my nigga. That's... As soon as he popped up, he was one of my favorite characters. Loved the eyes and the the whole aesthetic. Loved the the personality and what he stands for to his people and just in the show. And just the fact that he's a pillar of strength in the show. And now, not only is he just a strong nigga in the show, he actually is uh, one of the the, the trainers of young Shinra. You know what I'm saying? And Arthur, you know what I'm saying, of course. So seeing him pull up and train uh, the boys was hella, hella fun to watch. I love seeing the Naruto hand sign shit be implemented. Not saying Naruto hand sign, but that's what I'm comparing it to. But I love seeing the hand signals helping uh, kind of boost the effects of the special moves. And I love seeing the actual hand moves that Shinra picked. Uh, the training, the, the mini training arc we got was just hella fun. At the same time, their training, you get to see um, Maki get new gear from uh, yeah. Vulcan. Vulcan with the gear. So the progression is booting up. This is like a, it was a fun training arc episode. Like it was. I was so invested in this. Like it was, I watched both of the episodes back to back. And when I watched this one, I was just sitting. It wasn't like anything. I was at the edge of my seat. I was like, wow. Like the action's crazy. But I was sitting there like, yes, yes, the whole time. Like, all right. This I'm is like, great exposition. You know what I'm saying? Like it was definitely great exposition. Usually you don't get 
this kind of quality from training arcs. Because uh, I remember the Naruto training arcs, they were fun, but they were nothing spectacular to me. Well, some of them were. Some some of the Naruto training arcs were iconic, but a lot of training arcs are just like, okay, this is basically filler before you get to the fight. It's not really filler, but it's basically just like there, uh, a bridge to the the main the main thing. You know what I'm saying? And this, you got to see a lot of fun, a lot of fun moments. I liked the beginning of the episode whenever uh, all the captains were kind of sitting around talking, and um, I forget her name, the black chick, uh, oh, Habana. Habana, how he she's sitting on top of the couch and they're like, is that really necessary? And she's like, I don't even want to be sitting next to this nigga. Like, I'm not on the same level as this nigga, so I'm gonna sit above him just to signify that I'm not on the same level as him. And he's sitting there like, huh, would you rather me sit on the floor? And she was like, yeah, actually, you should probably sit on the fucking floor. And this nigga actually sits on the floor. He starts bitching about it. I, that shit was funny to me. You know, I'm a sucker for the comedy aspect. And in also, a, I love the fact that Light, like Joker, met with Light to tell him how to make Shinra better. Because, like, even though Shinra does train with Benny Morrow and Benny Morrow helps him out a lot, Light was the one that told him about the hand signs. Yes, for sure. For sure. I'm glad that he didn't just tell him about that. Like, Benny Morrow didn't just throw that out there at the beginning. Shinra had to, like, kind of, you know what I'm saying? I've seen this shit before, kind of thing. And Benny Morrow was like, oh, so you, okay, so let me kind of break down to you a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Break it down for you a little bit more. Uh, Shit, I had something else too. Oh, uh, the the scientist guy. Yeah, uh, that's like how insane he is. I love seeing how. Oh, that's that's the one who had told him about it. Yeah. Oh, but I, I like seeing how everybody thinks he's just a fucking villain. Like I love how Havana was questioning him. I love how like every time this nigga pops up, they're like, "Something up with you? Like you a weird, bro? A he's weird Kabuto. He's one hundred. He's 100% him and Joker are Orochimaru and Kabuto, like 100%. And to me, I could kind of see how he's sketchy, but everybody questioned his authenticity. To me, he just seems goofy and zany. To me, he doesn't really seem as sketchy, but I could kind of see how he could be sketchy. I could see how he could be the Kabuto pretending to be a good guy. Later on down the line, he's actually uh, not that good of a guy. Yeah, because like, what are him and Joker doing? Like, why, why the secret? Why not tell them, like, yeah, I work with Joker. If you're not telling them, there's a reason you're hiding it. Exactly. There's something deeper to him, but I don't think he's as bad as they're thinking he is. I think he's may just be on have his. He may just have his own agenda that they don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 What would, you, what would you rate episode eighteen? Episode eighteen, I'll give a solid. I want to say three nine four, like almost Ooh, okay. if not four, like if a light four. I'm gonna do it like Anthony Fantano's reviews. I'm gonna give it a strong three point nine to a light four. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm giving this one a 3.8. Solid episode. Enjoyed it very much so. Let's mm-hmm. jump over to My Hero Academia, the final show we're reviewing this week. So we got two episodes because last time we only had one. We got episode 68, Let's Go, Gutsy Red Riot. The UA students go out on their respective heroes and become involved in some big fights. We see uh, Hado in... Uh, the number nine hero uh, who they shadow, uh, Ryu Kyo, the dragon hero, and it's uh, Hado who recommended both Froppy and Ochoa. And we're seeing them like kind of do their thing with their internship. But this episode is mainly about the boy, uh, Karishima, and Fat Gum, and, uh, and um, Sun Eater. But before that, we see Shigaraki talk to. Uh, to overhaul telling him, yeah, we'll go along with your plan for we got we got certain things we gotta agree on, and they they're starting to agree on their certain terms. Basically, while Karishima, Fat Gum, and uh Sun Eater are out, 
there's this guy, these dudes are doing some stuff, and basically they're shooting this bullet out at people that can take away quirks. But we see Sun Eater's powers, like what he eats is his power, which I thought was dope. Sun Eater might be my favorite big three member. Uh, like the uh the guy? Uh, yeah, bro, I like that guy. The, the dude with the, like the octopus arms and stuff. It's cool. Like he's he he's definitely have a, he, he definitely has an interesting quirk. His quirk's probably my favorite out of all three of their quirks. But uh I I don't know. He's cool, but he didn't really stand out to me in this episode. Like Fat Gum's weird ass kind of stood out to me a little bit more. This, even though he didn't get as much shine as Karishima or uh what's what's the dude's name again? Sun Eater. Sun Eater. That's a domain yeah. too. I feel like that should stick with me more than <laughs> what it was. But he's cool, but to me the, uh, you know, I posted on Twitter. The chick is probably my number one. I don't know if it's cause just like she's just cool, like the aesthetic is cool. But the other guy, he kind of seems like he reminds me of Shikamaru a little bit. And Shikamaru is one of my favorite Naruto characters, but he kind of seems like kind of laid back and kind of you know kind of chill. If that if that makes sense. Oh no, very much so. Very not confident, and we got to see him get his confidence later in the in the series. But basically, this sets up the foundation for the next episode because. Not only are they shooting out bullets to take away people's quirks, they're enhancing their own quirk, a drug. And we see that guy in Shikuma, in uh, Karishima fight, and we see Karishima do his ultra move, which is to become a tank and get harder and, and become ultra hardening. And he ends up whooping that dude's ass, as well as protecting uh, Sun Eater from getting another bad bullet, and because he already lost his quirk for a little, damaged his quirk for a little bit. But we and they they were able to collect the bullet that bounced off of Karishima and use it for drug sampling, but that's more so in the next episode. What'd you think of seeing Karishima's ultimate attack and just him growing as a hero? Because this is the first time he's really got a lot of shine in the series. Man, I love seeing Karishima boot up. It's, he almost got his own transformation in this episode because he booted up, and he he definitely hardened himself further than I've ever seen him do thus far, and seeing that was definitely legendary. Seeing him get his first real mission and get in that field... I'm always a big fan of that, uh, seeing the niggas get in the field versus being in the classroom and actually seeing more niggas get in the field than just Deku is fun to watch. Uh, the villain he was fighting against was kind of an asshole and he was pissing me off, like from going from being a complete bitch, whining like a little pansy to being like, ha 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 ha, I got you. He did it like a couple times. I'm sitting there like, nigga, you can't be that cocky and then backdoor and be like, no, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? It reminded me of that dude at Yu Yu Hakusho that was talking all that shit to Hiei and I'm saying, oh no, not whether it was a he or Karama. He was like talking all that shit. And then Karama started whooping his ass. He's like, no, man, chill out. And he tried to like last minute try to like pull something and then they just shut his shit down again. It's like, son, you can't be a cocky little piece of shit and then go to being a bitch and then try to come back and be a cocky piece of shit. Like you you a bitch. Like you, you it's fake. I saw you, I saw you get all scary and like, you know what I'm saying? Start crying and shit. Like you can't come back from that. But uh no, 100 percent it was so uh, rewarding seeing Karishima fuck that little dude up. Uh, the the whole gun thing was definitely intriguing to me the whole time it was going down. I was like, is that his quirk or like what is going on with this? With that's this a gun? drug, hey. man. And let me that's, let me pose a let me pose a speculation because I think after this season, if my hero were to take a year break, something that I didn't mention that could be announced at Jump Fest. I was waiting for this point due to something I read the other day. My hero vigilantes is in entering its final arc but the thing is where my hero vigilante story takes place we see more of aizawa and fat gum particularly and it's them stopping people along with the characters of vigilantes from 
drug enhancing quirks and it's the beginning stages of where we're at in the Chisake arc. I just think it would be interesting if they were to announce a little spin-off anime that this would be the right well, time first, after this arc. For Jump Festa, that's that's when they definitely need to announce because I would definitely watch uh, um because it's kind of a tie-in arc. Oh yeah, I, I would for sure watch a fucking uh My Hero Vigilante side arc, even if it was just one season, even if it was just a special as far as four episodes to ten episodes, however long they could stretch it. I would love to see that. And I was wondering where, because when I started seeing Fat uh, Gum, I was like, has he been introduced or teased or foreshadowed? That's where I noticed him from. He was on the cover of, I want to say, three, volume three or four, maybe even two. But I know I saw him on the cover of one of the Vigilantes arc, and I didn't even put two and two together until you said that just now. But I was wondering where, like, when I watched the season four trailer and I watched this episode that we, we were talking about, I was like, where the f- why does he seem so familiar to me? I feel like I've seen him before. This And let arc. me tie it in even more. When we get to the next episode, when they're discussing like all the information they collected, and Fat Gum's like, I used to deal with people who, and I, he's like, Azawa can, can uh, our Eraserhead can attest to this, but we used to deal with people who dealt with drugs that altered people's quirk, but this is on a whole nother level. And that's, he's referring to his time in the Vigilante series. Oh, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the next episode, wherever they were talking about that, that kind of hit hit hard. Like I like the fact that they, uh, My Hero Academia is very, very, very good at exposition. They don't leave too many stones uncovered. Like to say that there's a bullet that, you know, gets rid of niggas' quirks and Eraser has kind of a similar quirk. I like the fact that they're like, no, nah, this is not the same thing. This is what I do. This is what this does. Yeah. Well, let's real quick give your rating to episode sixty eight, and then we'll jump into episode sixty nine with that. Um, episode sixty-eight. I will give it a good, a good four because it, it had me, it had me there the whole time. Yeah, I'm giving Karishma, Karishma, you're getting a four, brother, because I enjoyed your episode one hundred percent. Speaking of episode sixty-nine, the unpleasant talk, the work studies, uh, the work study students from UA attend a meeting with the heroes gathered by Sir Night Eye as well as the rest of the team. We see Aizawa there. We see. Uh, the dragon uh, hero, the number nine hero who's with Hado in them there. We see Fat Gum. We see Gran Torino. We see Eraserhead. We see this new black hero, which I don't really know his name, but he wasn't fucking with the uh, kids. Like, we see a bunch of new characters, and that's kind of the question I want to have is, are these characters that we'll see later down the line that will mean something? Because we saw Kamui Woods and that, that giant girl mean something later down the line from episode one and whatnot. I'd hope that, like... We see some of these heroes as Deku and the guy and the guys progress. I, I love seeing all the heroes. I love the confusion at first. Everybody was like, "What the fuck?" Everybody's like, "What? Wait, we all going on the same mission at the same time? Like this is we all gonna meet the same place? This is sketchy." And then they get there and they see all the heroes. They're like, "Oh shit, this is a big deal." And, and I think Night the Eye. reason that Night Eye says makes it even bigger because it's like, "Why don't we just go bust in there? We're superheroes." He's like, "Bro, we're not fucking All Might." Like. We're not as strong exactly. as All Might. We can die. Like, we have to be uber prepared before we take on somebody as strong as Chisake. Yep. And I love seeing that because Night Eyes is a strategist. He's a thinker. He's not just going to go in head first. All Might is Mr. Head first because he had the he had the the the, the muscle to back Billy, it up. Yeah. They exactly. no longer have that muscle. So they do have to play things safe. a little smarter. Yeah, they have to play things safe. And I, I'm liking to see that because playing it smart is, is playing to win. Yep. And I'm, and I'm he, looking forward to seeing the strategy that they, that they put together. And they basically figure out that through the Shikamaru stuff, through the Dragon stuff, and through Mirio and Deku's uh, encounter with Eri, we discover that 
sugar uh, that overhaul is making these bullets and making this drug from Aries blood and and uh cells that can either enhance a quirk or take away a quirk and the difference between what she can with her cells and what uh, what her power can do compared to Aizawa Aizawa just temporarily negates your quirk he doesn't affect your quirk's genes where this basically destroys your quirk DNA from the inside in the cells so it's it's something that could revolutionize the hero society because if you have a bullet that can basically eat up a quirk cells and make someone normal, it's like, yo, that's different than Aizawa. Aizawa just turns it off for a couple seconds. And that's some deep shit. I love seeing the differentiation between Aizawa's quirk and the drug. I love seeing the fact that um, Overhaul is dealing with some black market drug type shit. He's yo, he's a... He's a scumbag, bro. Like he's using his daughter's cells and like terrorizing her. And that you see the pain in both Mirio's face I and Deku. Think that's his daughter. I think that might just be a random girl he's claiming to be his daughter. But it might be. It might really be his daughter. But to me, I'm sitting there like, there's no way this could be your daughter. And you do this fucking disrespectful, despicable shit to her. He had yeah. that dude walking in that room, being like, "Hey, look, go play good cop because we need her to not run away and shit." And uh, she don't fuck with me because nigga. I'm an asshole, so you need to go Use in there. Use the carrot, not the stick. Exactly. And, he, and he's sitting there like, I don't know how to fucking help no fucking kids. They're all scumbags. And it just it, it just goes to show, like, they're dealing with uh, drug dealers. They're dealing with killers and shit like that. These are, like, scumbags. I'm not saying all drug dealers are scumbags. What I'm saying is this is some hardcore shit that they're dealing with. I'm liking to see that the villains aren't just villains uh, for the sake of being villains sometimes, or they aren't just like awesome, I'm a villain just to be a villain type shit. Like, we saw that already. So now we're seeing these villains have more of a... A purpose. I'll say the villains, yeah, the villains in My Hero Academia have way more of a purpose, way more of a strategy. They aren't just fucking idiots that are overpowered. They're niggas who don't even have to... Like, a lot of the times you see these villains uh, in anime, and they automatically go head first with the heroes. It's like their goal is almost to fight with the hero. And these niggas don't even have to cross paths with the heroes if they, uh, well, they do, but their whole goal is to do some shit under the table, be very discreet. They're not just out in the open, just murdering people, just like one punch man villains who are just in the middle of the fucking street, just fucking shit up. They're like low key plotting some shit right now. And niggas have to low key watch how they're plotting as well as learn how to adapt to what they're plotting once they realize what they're plotting. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I like seeing that. It puts a deeper level to this hero villain kind of um chemistry you get and it puts the the students in a predicament where it's like you've never faced anything like this before this is mm-hmm. hero work like we're, you like you're 100 learning hero work and you see the speech that aizawa gives them at the end he's like we didn't want y'all to know this but like y'all have to know this but at the same time deku you didn't earn my trust back but do this the right way and we can make it we can save that kid and don't lose faith in us and i won't lose faith in you Great speech, def- by, great speech by Eraserhead. Huh, what, what happened? My uh, earphone fell out my ear. Oh, I just said great speech by Eraserhead. Oh, yeah. Great speech by Eraserhead. I love seeing that. I love seeing him uh, refer back to the what seems like forever ago to us, but was not that long ago in the scheme of the show. Um, Deku still needs to earn his trust back and everything. And just to add to the point what you said, um, the kids have never seen a real work. Like, the kids, they've never done anything like this before. To add to that, the heroes are, are used to hero work, but this is a big deal. This is some big deal hero work, which would usually probably get handed off to All Might, but the heroes have no All Might crutch to lean on no more. They have yeah. to go handle these A-rank, S-rank missions, and it's taking, it's going to take something that's never been done before to really to get this mission 
fucking accomplished because there's no one to just save the day. They have to save the day. All the heroes can save the day, but if they can't, or in the case that they can't, there was always an All Might to be there to come clean up the mess that they couldn't. Now there's no All Might. They have to get this right the first time. You know what I'm saying? And that's that that means a lot for this arc. It makes it it makes the stakes higher than ever. As well as it, it puts the pre but it makes the stakes higher for everybody, but it also puts another 10, 10,000 pounds of weight on Deku's shoulders because he's supposed to be oh, the yeah. successor. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know he's the next All Might, so he got to show his ass, really, in this arc. And I like the fact that he's he knows that. Like, even in the episode we reviewed last week where um, you see uh, Mirio kind of telling him, look, bro, we can't do it like that. And he's sitting there like, nigga, this is how I'm going to do it. Cause I'm the new All Might, nigga. You talking to me like I'm not All Might Junior, nigga. You need to slow your roll. <laughs> Whatever you can't handle, my nigga, I got it. You were so you were gonna be the All Might Junior, but it's me. You gotta just deal with that. So I like the fact that he's at least, even though he was doing it wrong in that episode, I at least like the fact that he's willing to step up to the plate and he knows what he has to do. He knows that everything's on low key on his shoulders, especially in All Might's eyes. He can't die. Like if anybody else dies, not saying this whatever, but because if, if certain characters die, it's gonna hit hard. But Deku legit can't die. Deku has to win. Like Deku has to be the one to succeed and success all might. Yeah, and I think it was dope seeing Gran Torino and Night Eye talk. And Gran Torino's like, "So, bro, would you? What do you think of uh, Midori?" And he's like, "I think he has. I think that kid might have some. Like he's he's coming around on him like already." Oh yeah, I love seeing the fact that as soon as he said that too, you see you see uh, Deku and kind of Mirio kind of looking at each other like, "We gonna do this shit." Yeah, and they kind of booting each other up, and instead of Deku being like, like they're both low key successors of All Might, even though Deku's the true successor, and it's good to see that they teamed up. It's like no other team you want to see. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds what? me of how Jiraiya had not only Monado. He thought that like maybe it could have been Monado to save the Ninja World, or maybe it could have been Nagato, but it was really Naruto. Like it's like <laughs> it's like Mirio's part of that successor line, almost like the students that it could have been for sure. And there, there's a, there's a bond there. So you're absolutely right about that. Yo, my hero, this season, it just, it just keeps getting better and better, man. You love to see it, man. I, I ain't gonna lie. This is one of the, uh, it's, it's definitely exceeding, if not, you know, reaching the hype that it, it's, 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 it's living up to, if not exceeding the hype that, uh, it set for itself. No, 100%. But that's all the time we got this week, Chris. You know, we, we gave, we gave the peeps a, a solid hour 47 with not a lot of stuff. You know how it be, bro. We out here talking oh, anime. Good news, and we got some good review for sure. Like, we got some of the, the, the dopest shit going on in the anime community right now. We're, we're nearing towards the end of the year, towards, like, Anime Talk Awards time. And this year flew by so fast because we didn't have too many slow weeks. We had, like, every single, uh, well, every other week. But every, because, you know, that's what we do bi-weekly. But, like, every month we had, like, heat after heat after heat, and that yeah. shit's gonna roll into 2020, and I'm loving to see it, because anime is back in its prime, and we love saying that, but it's it's very much so true, like, we it's were, it. last year, we were reviewing two shows, we were reviewing Radiant and I think My Hero. Yeah. And that was really the breadwinners. We had, you know, Hitomaru no Sumo, we had SSSS Gridman, we had a couple bangers, we did, but this year, we had too many bangers to count, and it's like, if we could review every banger that's dropping right now, we'd have fucking four-hour-long episodes every two weeks, because Vinland's still going on, Radiant's still going on, My Hero's going on, One Piece is still going on. It's so much shit going on right now, it's kind of overwhelming in the best of ways. 
No, 100%. And with that being said, tell the people they can find you out on social media, my brother, now that you're back active. See? Yeah, you know I'm saying Twitter. Yeah, you know I'm saying it may look like I died on Twitter or like something happened to me on Twitter, but no, no, no. I didn't lock myself out of my account. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Niggas locked me out of my account. Uh, some bitch ass niggas, ironically. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm back. I'm back at it tomorrow, and I definitely will tread lightly. So uh, I've been needing to take a break with my Twitter. Kind of do be tweeting reckless, like more often than not. So expect more. Um, not saying scheduled content, but expect more. Like I want to keep back. that kind of. Yeah, I don't want to be flooding with just bullshit. Kind of do get into a lot of conversations and arguments on Twitter because it's really fun. I kind of want to keep my content, uh, focus on actually giving y'all better content versus just random day-to-day. Because uh, Twitter has always been, for me, just like a vent to get on there and just cut up and just say what I feel and just day-to-day kind of interact with social media news and everything. But now I kind of want to give y'all some A1 quality content. So uh, I'm going to focus on giving y'all quality, quality over quantity now. So just stay tuned, bro. 100%. Yo, follow the Anime Talk Pod. Me and Chris are both post. Like, we both run that account. So, follow us on Instagram at Anime Talk Pod. We'll be posting who do you guys think are the best anime transformations. We'll, like, we'll post some side character stuff, maybe have some stories. We're going to start giving you IG exclusive content very, very soon. So, just be up to date and follow the Anime Talk Podcast on Instagram at Anime Talk Pod. You can follow me at LinBWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think on Twitter. Got a lot of dope content coming out on the network. But like I said, be sure to follow the Anime Talk Podcast on Instagram. A lot of dope stuff. But other than that, we will see you guys in, in two weeks. We might, like like Chris said earlier in the episode, we might give y'all a .5 talking about Demon Slayer. Because what's going on right now is absolutely insane. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. You, might got, you guys might get that very soon. But until the next time, you guys be safe and have a good one. Peace. Diamonds dripping off my face like I'm Latangan. Yeah, these niggas ain't bout shit, call them 1010. Yeah, niggas talking down and that's a spin bin. Yeah, niggas say they better, that's a big cringe. Can't fuck with the crystal, the one handed pillar, I ride for my niggas, yeah. Pull up and I kill you, won't even remember, I do this shit every day. Yeah, I demon sleep, but I'm a demon, bitch, I feel like you's gay. They mad that I'm winning, they hating the outcome like he ever shot skate. These idiots talking shit, I pull up on a gatekeeper and close the gate. Yeah, I'm the weep god, I'm who you gotta talk to at heaven's gates Yeah, did my training arc, hop on the beat and I meditate Yeah, moving sluggers, I just hit soon, now they for the Medicaid Yeah, hentai bitch, I'm tryna fornicate Naruto baby, who they was born to hate Nigga be dissing just for the clickbait Man, I be getting my shit